and there we are. Welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, Hello. Welcome to the stream. Uh, you can hear my good friend and co-host, Livia, uh, as well. Um, Hi. This is the live recording for episode four of the Quill and Vile podcast. And today we are uh, going to be talking about many things. But first, I'll introduce myself. I'm a cynical alchemist, uh, sin, cynical alchemist, or Dave, whatever you like to call me. I'm a <laughs> gamer, a scientist in real life. Um, I am um, a sometime modder. Um, most of the time, I just spend my time uh, in Tamriel in Elder Scrolls Online, uh, which I stream uh, on Twitch. And uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell, and I'll hand over to my co-host. Oh, hi, yeah, I am Livia. Um, I am a longtime fan of the Elder Scrolls series. Um, yeah, over been playing these games for over a decade now, probably close to 15 years. But uh, yeah, big fan. Um, always have been. Um, I like to meme about things <laughs> a lot on the Elder Scrolls. If you follow me on Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, that's. That's pretty much that's that's pretty much me. Oh, um, I well, what we do in this podcast is we use our specialties in real life and um, kind of tailor them towards some Elder Scrolls topics. And I'm a literature, medieval literature focused uh, uh, study. I've studied that, and uh, cynical is a uh, an, a real life alchemist, a, a chemist, and uh, we try to tailor that into um, yeah the world of Tamriel. I'm there. Uh, nice uh, introductory segment there. Um, so we're actually <laughs> got, uh, we've actually got Twitch chat filling up with folks. This is uh, this is wonderful. Oh, nice. Um, so Elm Knight's here, Real Tony is here, uh, Galactic Emperor Batman is here. It's fantastic. It's great to see so many people in the live stream chat for today's episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and as Levi mentioned, I am a chemist in real life. Uh, normally in these uh, podcasts, I have a long segment where I delve into the alchemy of the Elder Scrolls universe. Today will be slightly different. I, I don't have a big alchemy segment for us today, but because we have so much to talk about with the uh, the reveal that we just had. Um, yeah. And uh, it's uh, that's going to fill up most of the time that we have for the podcast. Uh, alchemy uh, will return in episode five, but for now, Let's uh, let's focus on uh, the whole swag of information that we have uh, to talk about today. Um, Definitely. Just picking up and chat. Real Tony's, uh, of course. Real Tony is the is the creator for Tamriel Journeys and Westland Journeys. Uh, oh yeah. Hi. Uh, another content creator is in chat. So hey, nice to see you, Tony. Yes, yeah, good to see you. So well, I mean, it's been a while since we since we last uh, had the. The podcast the last episode was the end of november so we've had essentially almost two full months of uh, elder scrolls exploration so before we get into the um the actual reveal and the stuff that's going to happen this year tell us tell me what you've been up to Liv, what you've been doing in, in in elder scrolls since since we last podcasted oh man i've been i've been playing skyrim as a lot of you know um to i've just been getting so so into it again it's like it's obviously nostalgia that's driving me, but it's really, I don't know, I just, it, it's like I'm playing the game for the first time again, yet with knowledge of things that I want to do, 
mm-hmm. like that I maybe didn't do in my first place. Well, not my first. I've, I played this game so, through so many times, but this is like I feel like this is my definitive playthrough. You know? Ah, the the elusive, the elusive definitive playthrough. So yeah. It's, it's like the Spartans chasing that uh, beautiful death, that ultimate, <laughs> that ultimate endpoint of a journey. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how I feel. Like I'm gonna complete it to its fullest. Yeah, I'm not gonna be done soon, but I'm gonna complete it to its fullest and yeah, explore every aspect and really taking my time through it, which is nice. And survival is forcing me to take my time because I can't fast travel <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, the, the survival mode of, of of Skyrim does make the game uh, more prolonged, uh, more hazardous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess it, it gives more adrenaline, which is uh, is a good thing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely does. Yeah. How about yeah. you? I mean. Oh, geez. It, the, December and January were pretty full for, for Elder Scrolls online content for me. Um, mm-hmm. um, I spent a lot of time in Cyrodiil over the over the Christmas vacation. Um, people who followed my streams will have seen that I I actually managed to become Emperor of Cyrodiil. Um, Mm-hmm. In one of the, in one of the uh, campaigns, uh, uh, PvP campaigns, so that was a, a lot of effort over the Christmas break. I had about two weeks off work, and I was able to spend a lot of time grinding away in Cyrodiil, fighting, capturing keeps, and uh, yes, I now have a glorious throne in my uh, house, my proud spire <laughs> house, a costume that's uh, that that looks ostentatious and says "Hold my beer." Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, a lovely die, a red die from my from my Bastion Scrolls obsession. Um, the title that I'm looking at right now. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I have it on this character. You can't see it on stream because I've, I've basically blanked the UI, so we can just focus on the fantastic interior of, of Livia's house. <laughs> um, but you, yeah. if you could see the title above my character's head, and we'll come back to titles later in this podcast, actually. Um, yes, we will. You'll see. You would see former emperor beside my character's. Uh, name uh, it's it's just something to have a little bit of swagger so you can just st- strut around in in tamriel and of course in, in Cyril <laughs> with that beside yeah. your name um, and people know that you've, you've at the very least spent 30 days repairing keep walls <laughs> yes yeah, exactly would you say what do you call it pv wall yeah P- pv door pv wall uh, cyrodiil's <laughs> janitor um <laughs> these are other <laughs> other titles that could be used <laughs> it's, it's difficult to get Emperor without having to like really grind the AP, the Alliance Point uh, currency. Uh, you, you only get Emperor when you've uh, been top of your factions, the leaderboard for a generation of Alliance Points. And you have to get them wherever you can, whether that's from the Cyrodiil daily quests, this PvE quest, whether it's from actual PvP, whether it's from Keep Capture, which can often just be PvE, um, or indeed repairing walls and doors. Um, so yes, that's just that's just the way it is. That's where you get to the top of the table. You take your AP where you can get it. Gotta do um, what you gotta do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I've been trying to flesh out my six characters, my six classes. I tried to get some gear for them. Um, I've been having a bit of fun trying to come up with monster sets that are appropriate for my different classes. So I've got my Selene's for my or Stormfist for my Sork. I've got. Uh, Marianne for my Templar, I've got Iceheart for my Warden, Veladrith for my Nightblade, and I'm still working on the last two for uh, my 
Necromancer and my Dragon Knight. For Dragon Knight, I want to get Zans, which is difficult because that's what you get from Vet Skill Collar, which is not an easy dungeon. And yeah. uh, for my Necro, I need to get Kjalnar, uh, which is Vet's. Um, you, it's, it's your favorite dungeon. It's the one with. the uh, um, Grave? Yeah, yeah, Unhallowed Grave, yes. That one's a good one. El Timtor's just jumped into chat. Nice to see you, El Timtor. Hi. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a bit of uh, it's it's been quite varied over the last couple of months. Very varied. Um, yeah, that's that's been my uh, Tamriel encounter for the, since we since we last podcasted. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I've been doing a little bit of ESO stuff, but Skyrim's really got me. Got me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I say there hasn't been much news on the Skyrim front. I think Skyrim Anniversary Edition has been tick- ticking along nicely, um, but we just had um, literally um, sixteen hours ago. I think it was not. It was. It was twenty-four. It was. It was about thirty hours was, ago. Thirty hours ago, we had yeah, the reveal. A small, a small reveal. Just a small reveal. You know, nothing big, nothing major, or anything like that. Yes, just just a little little bit of news for the for the game, <laughs> a little bit of news. And Tony's in chat saying that uh, he couldn't see this the reveal because he was at work and he had to try and avoid spoilers oh. until he got home. And there were lots of spoilers to be had. Seriously, the night Everyone was dark was and full of spoilers. It. Indeed, <laughs> it was. It was. Um, yeah. So we we had the reveal. I mean, for those who caught it, um, just a quick recap of the structure of the of the, of the event. It was your classic thirty minute. Uh, po- uh, like, fo- uh, like professionally produced, um, uh, reveal of of all the content for the year, which was essentially the cinematic trailer, Pete Hines, uh, Rich Lambert, Matt Ferrer, uh, Lehman Tuttle, uh, and their art creative director, whose name I've forgotten, which is a shame because he gave a nice little presentation. So they give a quick thirty minute scripted and professionally recorded um, broadcast. Um, which gave us all the information and then they had the post show which was Gina and uh, Finn and oh what's her name the actual senior community manager Jess Je- Jessica, Jessica. yeah mm-hmm. so they went into lots of detail about um, <clears throat> what this year's content will be um, mm-hmm. to, and as has been common in previous years we have the standard structure and they're not deviating from it we will have a dungeon DLC in March. We will have a chapter in June. We will have a dungeon DLC mm-hmm. probably towards uh, August time, and then we'll have a story mm-hmm. DLC sometime around November time. Um, that's the the model they've had for the last three three years of content, um, and they're continuing with it. Yeah. Um, but Olivia, what were your let's 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 start big picture. Let's start big picture. What were your big takeaways okay. from from the reveal? Well, uh, like I'll start it off with like a just a general feeling of the reveal. It really, really. Now, I, you know, no hate to those who really uh, enjoyed this last year's of content, but I wasn't a big fan, and uh, this really reinvigorated my uh, my want to play um, other scrolls. Not that I'm like was ever going to quit, but you know, I just was logging in wasn't as enjoyable as as it was previously, and mm-hmm. now I'm really really excited to log in because. Man, it's what's what's striking to me is it's un what is it uncharted territory lore wise. So they're literally there's nothing they can't do with it, you know. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited for it. 
Um, yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaways that I had um, were just the general lore setting. You know, I was kind of bummed it wasn't a Red Guard expansion, but mm -hmm. definitely not disappointed <laughs> about this Breton um, expansion. And yeah. uh, one of my favorite things that came from it, and we'll obviously talk about it going forward, but I love uh, collector card games, digital collector card games, mm. and I am so excited for t Tributes of Tamriel. It's, I'm ridiculously excited for it. It's it's such an incredible departure from any content they've given us to date. So the mm -hmm. set the settings one thing, but the the actual game system which they announced uh, yesterday is. Um, yeah, wow. I, I, I think I tweeted it. It's, uh, it wasn't high on my wish list. It wasn't even on my wish list. I had no idea <laughs> that they were planning something like this. And I think quite a few content creators have said the same thing, that this was just so out left field. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I will say, I will say though, like a lot of the legends, the people from legends, cause I, yeah. I'm a, I'm like an observer in a lot of those circles. They, a lot of people from that community were saying, we would love to have Legends in Elder Scrolls Online. A lot of the fans that were from both sides. Because mm -hmm. Legends did a, um, like an expansion when it was still going. That was Elder Scrolls Three Banners War expansion. So people oh, were yeah. talking about, mm -hmm. yeah, people were talking about getting that, something like that in Elder Scrolls. And I think, I mean, this is what, this is what it is. It's. It's so exciting, I think, uh, for that small... I mean, I think for the, ge the general population, it's going to be exciting. But I think it was a really cool thing for that small corner of fans that were, like, hardcore fans of Legends and, mm -hmm. yeah, and ESO at the same time. And it's an interesting twist as well, though, because ESO, Le Elder Scrolls Legends, I I, I had it on my... I've had it, I still have it on my computer. I, I used to enjoy playing it. Hmm. Not PvP, but against the computer. I prefer playing card against yes. games against a AI. Um, but Elder Scrolls Legends, I, I mean, I loved it for many reasons. The card art primarily is one mm. of the major reasons I like playing Elder Scrolls Legends is because the artwork yes. is absolutely unbelievable. Um, so much of our, uh, our impression of, of, of Tamriel, the races, the monsters, these days comes from the depictions that we had in Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, Yep. It's just absolutely beautiful, fantastic work. Um, but the game itself, the game itself was combat orientated. Um, as many collectible card games are, it was focused. It's focused on mi micro battles within a larger scale uh, point system to to win uh, around and things like. That. The key thing that I took away from the reveal was that, um, or one of the many things about the collectible card game that I took away was that it's. It's not a combat-oriented collectible card game. It is a threshold of uh, advancement, uh, a resource management, and score-based getting to a stage of development collectible card game. It's it's not going to be here's my card against your card. It's I'm using my cards in this way to advance the. I guess the game system, the, my my little position in the game system, to a certain level before you were able to get to that level. Um, yeah. I hadn't. I mean, I'm not a big collectible card game player, and I'm not sure how many of the big collectible card games out there had that model or that particular slant to them. Um, but the ones I was familiar with was more. This is my card. I'm putting it down. I've put these cards down previously, which means I've had these buffs, which means that I'm able to take X number of points from your card and take it off the off the off the board, which is. Mm -hmm 
that was Elder Scrolls Legends, and I'm pretty sure that's what many other collectible card games have been. But this is going to be very, yeah. very different. Um, but you, you've, you're a lot more into collectible card games than me. What was your uh, take on that particular aspect of the reveal? Yeah, like you said, I mean, I played Hearthstone Legends and I played Gwent. Those are the three big ones that I played. Mm-hmm. And Hearthstone and Legends were very very similar in a lot of aspects. I mean, they were almost the exact same card game at a fundamental level. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they were, like you said, they were combat oriented where you are essentially trying to damage the person's health the whole time and get, get it to zero. Um, Gwent was like that too. I, I Gwent is the, of the three, that's the one I have the least. Um, like time with but mm-hmm. there was also resource managing you weren't necessarily trying to you were trying to get the most points each round um not you oh, were trying okay. to kill one another so i think it was closer to what you were saying about the resource ma- management and um yeah because you really had to mitigate a lot of things you had to have the defenders and the attackers obviously but mm-hmm. it was just whoever got the most points each round out of, out of three rounds or I think it was okay three, so something like that so then the model they picked is is almost it, it relates to the, the, the gameplay of, of, of the exemplar you just talked about. Gwent is a card yeah. game within a game. This is also a card game within a game. Um, and Tony in chat has just mentioned that that intrigues them too. And the last time he said it, he saw it was Witcher, Witcher 3. Elm Knight uh, has raised the interesting point um, that uh, she can't wait to see, have her characters go into an inn, grab a drink, play a card game against an NPC or other players, to increase the immersive side of playing Elder Scrolls online. And I think that's that's yep. very much, uh, that's what they're hoping for. And I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, and, uh, too. We, just have, we just have a new member in chat. Uh, Chucky is one of my f- good friends uh, from my PVP guild. He's just come and say hi. Um, we're recording a podcast episode, Chucky. I hope you had a good time in Cyrodiil. I know he was in there with I'm me pretty, today. I'm pretty sure he killed me when I uh, stream sniped you. Quite possibly. Quite possible, he was def- maybe. <laughs> but it's, but since since that time when he was he was he was acting as as my oh wow oh, oh sorry we just have to pause the podcast for a second. Chucky's uh-huh. just come in and just dropped a sub uh, a, a, a gift sub uh, bomb on us and has just gifted five subs mm-hmm. to the channel. You are an absolute Thank star, you. Chucky. Um, so we'll just uh, have a brief moment of pause while I just deal with. Um, I'm going to spam uh, chat with your new emotes that you got. I just did myself as well. Oh, you did? Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, thank you, uh, Chucky, for gifting the subs to Verified, Protocols, Flames of Pana, Galact Gemper, Batman, and Gwynlix. Fantastic. <laughs> and indeed, love you too, brother. We You, you, share, a, you share a strong bond with those you adventure with in Cyrodiil. Um, what, is, what, what, what happens in Cyrodiil stays in Cyrodiil, as they say. <laughs> um, but Chicky was also Emperor in this in this most recent campaign. So um, we helped each other ascend to that particular title. Um, so yeah, I mean, back to pivoting back to the uh, the card game. Um, I think, as as Elm and I said, it's going to add that extra dimension to when you log on. You know, what could we, what could we do? Um, what what are you going to do in a, in a given day? Will I just do my dailies? Will I just will I do a dungeon? Now it's will I just have a few rounds of of of, tri- of tributes of trials of tribute? What's the name again? It's, yeah, tributes of Tamriel. Tributes of Tamriel. It's it's going to be yeah. add that extra thing. Oh, I don't you that extra thing. Well, I don't want to do a dungeon today. I don't want to have to go through my writs and all, mm-hmm. all my characters. But yes. 
I do want to have a card yeah. game. So I think it's a very, yeah. very clever thing that they did. Um, and um, it's, and I guess it, it ties back to, I guess, what a lot, a lot of the things that Rich Lambert was saying in the lead up to the reveal when he was still streaming, um, talking about how things like new classes don't generate new players. Um, um, retention is, is not something we've been able to f address with many of the additions that we've had in the past. This card game, I mean, it's certainly not going to be everyone's cup of tea. There will be many, other play many players for whom they have absolutely no interest in it. But I guess that's the key thing is, but to bring new players in or to retain players who may be slightly jaded about the existing content, they needed to do something very, very different. And I, I didn't predict it was going to be this different. Um, no. But it's 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 a move right out the top drawer, as, as they say. It's 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 really it's really different, and I think a lot of people will find themselves being pulled into it in a way that they wouldn't have been. I mean, they, they sold antiquities as you know a relaxing, peaceful um, kind of other thing you could do in the game. But really, antiquities yeah. just became became what many people expected. It was just a grind. Um, whether it's doing the actual tasks or or harvesting leads. Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do that because I'm trying to get my master historian title in it. I'm like, okay. it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, antiquities for some people was that little bit of you know extra thing they could do, but for most people it became a, a must-do activity and something you did then just put aside. A card game like this is going to be substantially a substantial addition to the suite of activities you have when you log on. And it's not going to be something that uh, I don't think people are going to tire of it quickly. Um, I would imagine that uh, they're going to put a lot of focus on it. Um, the collectible nature of it, the artwork, again, the artwork is always going to be key. And they did yeah. show some snippets of card shape and a little bit of the art style um, for some cards on the reveal. And I'd imagine collectible cards finding the cards in the wild, doing other activities in the game that will, that will give you access to... Oh, I just logged out. Give me a second. Back in. <laughs> it's okay. Just as Stella just gave some, gave some bits to the channel. Thank you, Stella. Thank you. Well, one thing that I'm really interested... So in the collect... I mean, as in any online community, there's, um, you know, like websites that come up with like strategies and like uh, with uh, meta decks and stuff like that. I mean, that happens with any any game and i'm really interested because um rich said that you don't have to worry about not having the best cards because all of your cards go into one pool so the the opponent and your own cards go into one pool and you all draw from that same uh pool of cards which would be really interesting to see if like you can sabotage one another by putting maybe like S sort of sabotage cards in there but yet you could also get them so you have to be very it, it's it sounds like it's just going to be crazy for strategy and yeah this like you said this is going to keep people logging into the game because it's going to be multifaceted and uh yeah there's going to be i'm just already anticipating like <laughs> the all the websites that already do eso stuff they're gonna have like a whole until tribute to Tamriel <laughs> part mm -hmm. where they're like, yeah. oh, the best deck is, you know, this deck or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, I also like the fact that it's going to be able to, that there's going to be rewards, there's going to be collectible, uh, there's going to be collectibles, there's going to be furniture, there's going to be ability to win in-game currency, especially transmute oh, yeah. stones. Um, 
the more ways you can earn transmute stones, the better. Because transmute stones, um, in my opinion, are is is probably the most important currency in the game if you want to experience the the whole gamut the game has to offer, and that's primarily. My lord, I, you know, I just. Oh, did you like it? Still, just give me another cheer. Um, I just logged into oh, my um, version of your house. That's really oh, weird. weird. I'll just I'll just try to just back, back to you just now. Okay. <laughs> How funny. Or I all of a sudden just moved house before <laughs> right mm -hmm. you. Well, again. <laughs> um, see, what was I saying? Uh, collectibles, rewards, okay. yes. Transmute stone. If if you really want to experience the 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 full breadth of the game, you need to base, basically have a lot of different builds, whether that's to be a, a healer or a tank or a DPS or a magicka character, a stamina character. One of the big limiting factors is uh, your ability to create the gear sets and transmute stones are, are, are an essential part of that now that we have the sticker book. Any part of the game that gives you more ability to earn transmute stones will give you more ability to do other content in the game. So it's, it's a really nice way the thing they've added in there is one of the, one of the rewards. Uh, yeah. for this but equally, I, f I find myself these days um, quite um, obsessed with unlocking motifs because uh, mm -hmm. I'm a fashion scrolls addict a complete fashion scrolls mm -hmm. addict so anything that allows me to get like cosmetic uh, cosmetics I'm, I'm very much in favour of it doesn't matter what I have yeah. to do whether I have to run a dungeon like 20 times to get a motif page drop or whether I have to um, play a card game for a couple of days I'm, I'm up for it uh, it's one of my main motivations is character customization. Um, that's one of the um, achievements. Yeah. I'm not a big achievement hunter, and we'll talk about achievements later, I'm sure. But hmm. big, getting the look of my characters right is one of the biggest reasons I play the game. So anything that gives me a mechanism to be able to come up with a unique look, uh, even if, as I said, even if it requires me to play a full campaign, a full story quest of of, of card games with NPCs, I'll do it. Um, yeah, yeah. I agree. Interest interestingly, um, as El Knight mentioned earlier in chat, you can play this game against NPCs, and there will be a story progression for the card game that is going to be done by playing. I, I, I'm assuming a trail of NPCs around different locations that will give yeah. uh, some some narrative to uh, the card game, which um, I'll religiously follow and see what uh, see what we can find out. Um, I wonder so if you're going to gonna... be able to uh, play your followers. Well, that would be interesting. Like that would be interesting. Yes. Shall we seg over to the issue of, of, of new followers into yeah. in, in the 2022 reveal? Yeah. Um, so, as you I don't know. I don't know why my girlfriend's in your house. Let me just say that right now. I, um, I... you mean my wife? <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> Mary's standing there, going awkward. <laughs> um, we we were given the reveal um, of the two new uh, followers. We will get the two new companions for this uh, year's content, and I kind of, I can only, I although you couldn't have hear it, hear it. In, in chat on the reveal, but you can just tell there was a massive cheer from all the murderers uh, out there when they revealed that we were getting a Khajiit 
a companion that is morally flexible. Um, so it's it's what was it was what was asked for by the large segments of our Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild heavy uh, uh, connected heavily connected community that they wanted a companion that wasn't going to get shitty with them when they did their daily murdering and <laughs> harassing. Little well, everybody, yeah. Exactly. So they 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 basically just they listened and they gave us a murder companion. <laughs> like, I mean. I, I, yeah, thank goodness, because, and they gave a Khajiit companion, a Khajiit companion, mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> murder Khajiit, murder cat. <laughs> exactly. And interestingly, they chose Sork, by the looks of things, for the class. It's not, it wasn't officially revealed, but it was a magic user. They were holding, and they were holding a lightning staff in the, in the stock yeah. image that they showed, and that's the biggest clue ever that it's going to be a Sork. Mm -hmm. um, lightning. Yeah. I think that's a given. The, we've got we've got a dark, uh, dragon knight with Bastion. We have a, a knight blade with Mary. We have a sork with Ember, and the other companion, which is and the one that I'm most excited about, um, and Mary might get very upset with me, but this um, is Isabel the Breton, um, the Breton knight. Um, I, I thought that was uh, an interesting addition. Um, I thought. Yeah. Uh, she was described as having, uh, I guess she's lawful good probably is her alignment uh, based on what Rich Lambert was, was saying and what they said in, in the after show about her character. Um, but uh, also probably leaning towards potentially neutral good um, because of her yes, lack yeah. of rigid nature uh, and adherence to, I guess, doctrine and, or laws. So she might be leaning towards neutral good. Bastion, you'd say, you'd say it's lawful good. Uh, Definitely. Isabel might be neutral good, and I think a lot of people were also looking for that as well. Somebody who uh, is not going to have commentary that, that makes you feel bad when you do your average stuff. I mean, uh -huh. they both make you feel bad yeah. when you kill, but some of them make you feel bad when you just do, you know, your casual everyday stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. making making cheese pasties, or <laughs> yeah. in Bastion's case. Yeah. Um, and as long as Isabel's flexible when it comes to dairy products and I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people will be happier. Doesn't get mad when you go go on a boat or whatever. I think that's what Marius gets upset when you trap when you travel via boat. I didn't know that. I, and we just so mm -hmm. chat chat is just we've just had another announcement chat that Chicky's just gifted another five subs to the community. Oh my gosh. He is well ahead of anyone else in the gifted subcategory <laughs> drop gets just given another five subs to Devil Speed. I uh, LXG host, Rainmaker, Mish, and HB. Uh, some stalwarts in the community there. Thank you, Chicky. That's really nice for you. Very, very, very much appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. So I'm assuming that with the companions, we will have. <laughs> Shut up and take my money, you peanut. Okay, yes, Chicky. I will just take <laughs> your money. <laughs> and Real Tony saying, Chicky's a madman. Yes, he is certifiable in a good way. Um, now, I, interestingly, we will probably, as as with uh, Mary and the Bastion, we will most likely have loyalty-based uh, quest lines for them. I would be very surprised if we don't. Um, it's part of the same system, so it, there'll be the same affinity thing, there'll be the same likes, dislikes, and there'll be the progression of actual unlocked story quests associated with reaching certain levels of affinity with them. Um, so that in itself is going to be a great way to find out more about the characters. 
I did find that that aspect of the companion system was a little bit grindy um, with yeah. Bastion and Mary. Um, to the extent I never actually took Bastion to the end of his affinity line because it was just for a good period of you know three four weeks I was logging every day doing my specific daily quest that Mary liked doing as many of the activities yeah. that Mary liked that I could within a certain period of time to push that affinity up to the maximum so that I could unlock um, the quest lines that she had as as her character basis and obviously so she'd say nice things to me when I spoke to her because I'm she's she's my closest friend now she's not she's, your closest friend yeah. she's my closest friend oh wow wow we're gonna have to fight I mean not really because you kill me in pvp <laughs> oh dear so I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of storylines we get from them and how they connect to uh, the year's content because I mean I didn't Mary's personal quest was rooted in her past, um, in her connections back to Vardenfell and her parents. Um, I didn't do Bastion's quest, so I can't comment on that, but I'd like to see that the quests associated with the new companions are linked to the story of the year. Um, I'd like to see that aspect too. I'd like to, especially with Isabel being a, a Breton knight. Yes, um, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, well, I was going to say just that the the um, expansion or the chapter in general is, I mean, we can probably talk a little bit more about it in a second, but yeah. just rooted in medieval fair, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that her being a knight is going to factor into that somehow. Mm -hmm. And my pick, my guess is that she's a Templar. They will not give us the same yeah. class that they're going to try. I'm pretty sure they'll give us a Templar. To be neutral good as a necromancer doesn't seem to fit. Um, and a warden, warden's an outside bet, but I'm, I'm guessing it's, I'm guessing she's going to be a Templar. That uh, yeah. internal light, that, that that guiding light that she has to, to do good just fits Templar down to a T, I think. And Templars can be pretty um, neutral good. I would say, I would say in playing Skyrim, the Vigilance of Stendar are pretty neutral because they're pretty good. I mean, they're not neutral. Because I hate vampires. Mm. But I mean, they're pretty willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of vampires. I mean, they're roaming Skyrim, ready to just murder, you know, murder mm -hmm. vampires. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that would be a, a good case for her being neutral good, for sure. Yeah. So, all this talk, talk of the new expansion to get an Elmite, Elmite wishing it was June already. I'm with yeah. you, Elmite. I'm, I'm with you. I'd love to see new content. I mean, we'll get to see a fair amount on Monday when the PTS goes live. We'll see the new dungeons. We'll see a lot of game systems that we're going to experience later this year um, and the dungeons themselves will give us a, a bit of a hint on the year's content um, the uh, one of the other things that was in the post show was uh, Finn taking us through the two dungeons we'll probably get onto that a little bit later in the, in the podcast mm -hmm. um, yeah. Tony's made a Breton um, as will many people be doing actually many people will be making Breton yes. characters this year um, yes Yes, I assume so. So let's let's take a step back from some of the things we've talked about the card game and followers. These are fairly uh, systemic, like game system type issues. Um, and yes, we'll talk about account-wide achievements in a second, Chucky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Give us your thoughts on the setting. Give us give us your thoughts on the way that uh, <laughs> how you how how excited you are, how you how well you think that the developers are going to give us this medieval. Uh, questing night experience that they've, they've they've basically tried to present on the reveal. I'm 
I'm over. I cannot even describe how excited I am. I I can't put it into words. I mean, I'm sure it, it's hard to speculate what it exactly is going to be like. But man, that trailer or that um, yeah, the trailer. It was so freaking cool. Like, <laughs> it was just perfect in every way. And I'm I'm so excited just for casting. I I have so much confidence in their ability to make castles because. Um, in Blackwood, Gideon was gorgeous, and Solitude has been gorgeous. So I am so, I'm so confident in their way to execute like this medieval setting. Um, yeah, and just, uh, I mean, that trailer was amazing. They should really make like shorts, <laughs> like actual short films. Because oh yes, yeah, so, so many people would love that. I, I, I could, I could see lots more of the Elven hero. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Yes, as, as much as much content as they they can give us of the Elven hero, whose outfit in the cinematics is always is actually skimpier than actually is in game. And that's there's an interesting observation mm -hmm. that somebody that someone like me, I mean, it was just it was shocked me. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't normally notice things like that. Yeah, you're right. It is, <laughs> and they always show her at, at, at angles. So like I was rewatching it today, and they showed uh, her doing her green magic and it was like mm -hmm. right a shot right at her crotch and I'm like okay you guys know what you're doing like come on <laughs> yes, like I paused it I'm like you can see your legs like mm -hmm. right at mm -hmm. the hem of her skirt and then right at the top of her boots <laughs> yes yes oh just little things you notice people are, people are shipping the Breton hero and the um the elven hero in the oh yeah I saw that Twitter. I saw that I saw that too there's a there's a strong ship there and, and the poor Nord hero is missing out, you know? I know. Okay, okay. So this is uh, the begin that really long, I think it was like a like a 20 minute uh, trailer when ESO first came out. The Nord got the worst of it because he got like tortured by Manny Marco in <laughs> in like this like magic torture room. Well, the Breton, I mean, the Breton and um, Nord, or the Breton and Elven here did pretty much get it, get it pretty bad. But um, I mean, yeah, actually, the Elven Hero got it pretty bad because she got taken over by the EP side and was like used as this huge like ballista, this like living ballista. <laughs> but, anyways, that's my rant. The Nord Hero always get the short end of the stick. I feel like, and I like and I like the Elven Hero the best too. Yeah, I like the Breton Hero too, but he's the necromancer, so I'm not really a big fan. But it's, it's good now that we actually have a necromancer class in, in the game. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, we don't have a spell sword, uh, and I will go for. I could talk for years on the fact that we don't have mm -hmm. a spell sword class. Um, Elven Hero yeah. is a spell sword. It's plainly obvious. One hand with a one hand sword, one-handed sword, and the other hand you casting magic. Um, it's a class I would love to see in the game, but we don't have. Um, it's uh, it's it's. I mean, maybe there's as and. As has been mentioned in, in chat just now, um, everyone seems really positive what they're doing with the game. And Chuki made a very good point in chat that uh, they're working on the on the game issues, the underlying code issues that handle the most taxing parts of the game, whether it's Cyrodiil or whether it's Trials. They're reworking the code. This is one of the big announcements that was made over the Christmas period, which we didn't cover uh, on in any other aspect of the podcast so far. They're rewriting the base game code to allow the game to handle more complex uh, situations and calculations to allow us to better experience the game. That's going to be happening throughout the year. And he makes a very good point that once they get that down, the creative power that the game has is is enough to keep us going for another 10 years at least. 
agree. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, well, I think I think that's another reason why. Well, I forgot who said it, but one of the they did say in the announcement that this this year's a light a light year as far as um, content goes. And I'm like, oh my god, it's definitely not a light year. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I think it's a pretty heavy, hefty year. But I think maybe they're saying that because it's they're working on things in the background this year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. Yeah, well, th- there are some. I mean, getting back to the setting uh, again, this link up to. The lightness or otherwise of the year. Um, I love the fact that it's new unexplored territory. I love the fact that High Isle is mentioned in one lore book and the island's chain, the sisters, is mentioned is viewed only in one map in one specific part of an earlier game. Nothing else exists in the canon about this environment and I don't think the developers have had that freedom before. Um, I agree. Um, to see what they can do with it is going to be fantastic. At the same time, though, the flip side is, though, that um, I'm concerned about the explorable area in the expansion. Yeah. I'm, we've had contraction of explorable area repeatedly um, the past few years. Um, I mean, let's, let's say it's... Somerset, Somerset was, I mean... You can ride from one end to the sum- one end of Somerset to the other pretty quickly, um, and I was a little bit disappointed in that. Um, Varnfeld to me seemed like a much wider expanse. Um, the years that we've had with um, Graymoor was—I mean, West Guy was okay, but it's a little bit sparse. It's a big area, but it's, it's, it's a bit sparse. Um, yeah. Northern elsewhere. Uh, if it wasn't so difficult to navigate around, I'd be happier. True. Um, but this year, with two islands, and that's what we're getting with the um, uh, with the chapter, we're getting High Island Amanas. Two islands is the explorable area that we will have for the main chapter content. And you've seen the map. These can't be large segments. Of area. No. So I'm, I am concerned that we're not going to be getting a huge area to explore, and that's what I like to get yeah. with the chapter. That's this is why I put down my eighty bucks yesterday, uh, my eighty Australian dollars on my pre-order. Um, I want to be able to. Sh- I'd like there to be a big enough area for me to explore. Um, in any open-world game, the size of the map is one of the biggest things that determines. Uh, uh, the, ex- the extent of the playability, the longevity of the time you can spend there. Um, if we're just going to have two small segments, like, I mean, it, I'm worried they're even going to be smaller. Each of those two segments is going to be smaller than, say, Southern Elsewhere or Markarth. Um, yeah. Those are, t- uh, or even the Deadlands. You know, these are tiny, tiny areas that um, you can only fit in so many things to do. Um, so I'm, I am, I ha- I do have a slight concern about. I'm, I'm really excited that it's brand new, but I am concerned that the setting is going to confine us in a way. It's going to be like going from an open world to uh, um, a classic linear pathway, first person shooter type contraction uh, in terms of what you can do in the zones. Um, so I, I've yet to see anything that's allayed that concern for me yet. Um, yeah, but not- I, w- I want to bring up one thing though, that maybe that allay a little bit. Mm-hmm. When they showed when they showed off the house in that huge underwater area, that house had. I mm-hmm. think if I was gonna put my bet somewhere, I'm not saying that I'm going to, but 
I would say that there's probably going to be an underwater area because the sisters are above Thras, which is the slowed homeland. So we know there's stuff down there. So, so we could have a black reach type thing. But could, with, could have. With, but with extra wetness. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Moist, moist black reach. Could be. I'm just, okay. that's just speculative because I agree. The sisters are small islands. They're like the same size as, a, as like a Stros Mackay, or mm-hmm. not really. They're a little bit bigger than what Stros Mackay is on the map, at least. So, yeah, yeah. unless yeah. they like, unless they like inflate it a little bit for their purposes, which I would be wholly in favor for, then I, I, I also have that concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Although I do like the escape from New York aspect of Amanas. Um, this is a prison, <laughs> yes. a prison island. There are no rules. You just go there. Whoever survives, survives. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Snake Plissken character. Um, now, of course, there are going to be many people listening here not old enough to, to know who Snake, Snake Plissken was. Um, I know that. <laughs> but I guess yeah. I'm kind of old, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Escape from Amanas, yes. So that's going to be fun. I like that concept, too. It's a... The real uh, I was watching the Australian stream uh uh y- yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um and they were saying like it sounds a lot like Australia. All these Aussies were saying like it sounds like a lot like Australia with it's like a prisoner, a prisoner island. Yes, a prison There's island prisoners. is with lots yeah. of creatures that'll kill you. Yep, that's Australia. Yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Chucky's just got, just volunteered in chat that he's older than me by five months. Yes. Oh wow. And El Tempto so remembers the movie as well. King of New York, mm. A number one. Yep, some excellent, <laughs> excellent lines. Yes, they made Australia tricky. That's right. They, Amanas is going to be Australia. Convict island, full of dangerous wildlife. That's it. So they started with an A. Um, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so just quickly, when did you have that Breton knight in your house? Oh, I just got it. That's, a, that's an antiquities, isn't it? Is that some antiquities mm-hmm, furnishing? Yep. It's okay. the Noble Knight's Rest. Yeah, it's an antiquities furnishing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I really like it. Oh, by the way, I mean, you, I didn't... Can, yeah. you can tell that but... Mary is my girlfriend because we're wearing matching outfits. <laughs> if I could change her outfit for her, her uh, house guests when I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so those who watch the VOD can see me strolling up to... Uh, Olivia's got a new house decoration in her house, which is very uh, episode uh, um, appropriate because it's a Breton knight. It's, uh, I, I guess, a grave covering for a Breton knight. So yeah. we'll be seeing lots and lots of armor of this style in the new uh, yes. the new expansion. We'll be seeing, as always, as always, we get um, so many different motifs. I'm I'm obsessed with motifs. I still need to harvest some from the current. I need to get silver rose. I'm dying to get the silver rose motif from this current mm. last iteration of expansions. I need to do some vet dungeons for that. But we'll be seeing lots and lots of Breton-style armor in the upcoming yeah. expansion. I cannot wait, especially for the weapons. I, I, I we, we have a dearth, a paucity, uh, an absence of um, sufficiently simply designed swords yes. in the game. And, and, I'm hoping, and bows. And I'm hopeful that we'll get some with the, the motifs that we get for um, the new chapter. And Chucky's yeah, Chucky just... saying your house is nuts. 
and she's yeah oh, she has you. done an incredible job so those of you who are listening to the podcast you'll be able to see Liv's house if you click if you go in for the YouTube VOD um, which will mm -hmm. be getting get uploaded at some point so you can check out Livia's house which is also very impressive I think it's a little difficult to tell which uh, uh, which uh, alliance I, I stand the most you know it's a little difficult so if you guys are having trouble it's Everhart Pact <laughs> I didn't pick that up I, so. I didn't pick yeah, that up yeah so. I know it's difficult um, oh, so let's let's take a step back from the uh, the environment. And yeah, you take care, Chucky. You go and listen to some music. Bye. Um, glad you're enjoying the podcast. Um, so let's take a step back from the setting and let's think about the story that we're about to be told. Um, we've been given some information. Now, one of the things that people have noticed, and of course, when we had the teaser trailer reveal, we had the three faction ships making their way across stormy seas and in encountering significant trouble before they landed as we now know on the high isle um, so the presence of the three factions was front and center of teaser now even if we hadn't seen the cinematic with the three factional heroes the production of the actual reveal video where the segues between each of the presenters was the fluttering banners of the three factions blue, red, and yellow. It was everywhere throughout the reveal. Not just in the cinematic, not just in what they're talking about, in the graphical design of the entire production. The three yeah. factions was everywhere. Um, now, I'm now I, I'm interested to see how they're going to work it. And it was stated that um, the motivation for going to the High Isle is the potential for ending the three faction war, the three banners war. Right. Right. Um, now that's going to get us there that's going to set the scene I'm really quite interested to find out how deep that will go throughout the year's content are they just going to use that as a as you know uh, just a, a hook for the start of it or is it going to actually find its way through the actual storyline because the rest of the information we got about the storyline the um, the Ascendant Order the Ascendant Lord and the Ascendant Magus um, Baron Vicaro, the uh, the leader of the Society of the Steadfast, uh, who is having these people um, uh, come to the island as 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 the broker of the peace. Um, right. Is it just going to be we get there and the factional envoys are going to be killed, as might have been implied by the fact that the uh, Ascendant Lord threw down the three medallions onto the table in front of the Breton Elven? And Lord Hero, almost as if to say, your fa your factional representatives came, and I've killed them. Mm -hmm. Um, I I because of the nature of the game and because of the fact, as Rich said at the start, the Three Banners War is still raging in Cyrodiil. Are we going to get to the end of the year and it's going to have changed that? Will we have fundamentally huh. altered the game through the course of the year's story content? That's my that's big question. Interesting, that's interesting. That yeah. Yeah, that's a very interesting thought. Um, I so I see what you were saying in the trailer. That made that makes a lot of sense. But it was almost to me it seemed to me like the Ascendant Lord was recruiting us in a way, because those all those uh, dead bodies in that um, council room, I I took them as like uh, just uh, leisure leisuring uh, nobles oh, that were maybe doing deals okay. there. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, 
maybe he's was recruiting, you know, us, the the, the heroes, you know, mm-hmm. the three heroes, essentially us, for whatever thing is gonna go down. So I'm seeing like, this is what I'm seeing, and this kind of ties in with maybe the lack of area. I'm seeing a lot of going and doing things in zones. I'm seeing a lot of quests happening in zones that we've already been to. Okay. Because there was there was words that um, there was what's political intrigue and kind of like secret society stuff. So I'm thinking it like has kind of oh, um, wow. polluted its way into the underbellies of all three factions in some way. Now that would be that would be something else if they've. If they don't just if we don't have lots of area to explore in the islands, but we have new parts of the existing zones to explore, whether it's a dell, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a housing interior, whether it's NPCs. I mean, they did a little bit of that in Southern Elsewhere with the daily Dragon Guard quest that took you to find Dragon Guard relics in various delves around the various different zones. So they do have some precedent for sending us back to different areas of Tamriel to do specific quests for an expansion that didn't actually use the new expansion area, but was part of the mechanism of, 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 of the, I guess, the core faction quest of, of the Southern Elsa questline. Um, it's, uh, if they were to expand upon that concept, and it, it would lean on the fact that dungeons often appear in zones that we've explored to death, but now they're just appearing, like the new dungeon that we're going to do in this year's expansion is going to be the top of Somerset. We haven't yeah. explored that before. But they're using an existing zone, creating a new part of an existing zone that we have to explore. In this case, the DLC dungeon DLC will ha- will have in March. That's going to be the form of the dungeon. But if they could give us new delves, if they could give us new uh, buildings, new NPCs within existing zones, that would be. A, I think you may well be onto something there. They could use that to tie up with the three factions to make it more engaged with the rest of Tamriel as, as, a, as a narrative. I, I could I could live with that. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that, but I was just thinking about how, like, that shows where our minds are. You're talking, you're thinking PvP, I'm thinking, like, PvE oh, no, kind of. Not, or not, like not, not necessarily PvE, <laughs> not, not necessarily PvP. In fact, I don't think they could. I don't think they could connect you're up right. with, uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, Maybe they could have a third, a, a town that we haven't really spent much time in, in the base game Cyrodiil zone, like Chadenhall or Chorl, where there was a new hub for daily quests. Maybe that could be something, but I'm more thinking about, uh, they could just have a new delve in Sharafen, a new delve in uh, Stonefalls mm-hmm. or, or any of the other base game zones, um, which, I mean, it's, you don't you don't have to retcon that. You just didn't notice it when you're riding no. past it the first time. You know, um, <laughs> right. it doesn't it doesn't yeah. require them to do a lore re, re a lore rewrite. All they just need to is for a, like a, a one of the I mean a good example would be one of the family tombs in Vardenfell, which you can't access oh, yeah. just now, but the door's there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. True. All they need to do is just have it openable uh, to to a different instance, and there you go. You've opened up an existing part of the game one of the faction zones, one of the faction areas, and you've linked it to the main quest of the new zone. Um, yeah, I'd say if it's if it's cleverly done, I'm all for that to link. I mean, it's, it's one of the things, this is one of the things about the expansion years. There, are, Apart from the prologues, the prologues are the best way that this has been done and that we can say this, so show this has been done. The prologues are an example of that. Yeah. The main, the main quest oh. prologues from each year, they take all us the into- prologues are so great. Into, into zones and areas of the existing world that we haven't that we already know 
that we've already unlocked and paid for. <laughs> and <laughs> they connect that up with the start of the new content, maybe if they intersperse throughout the, uh, the, the, the main narrative, similar things. That would really make Tamriel feel like a connected place. Yeah, how stories, you know, not necessarily directly, uh, mm-hmm. uh, directly uh, influence one another, but kind of in a way it does. That's, I mean, they did that with the with elsewhere in a big way, where they made the dragons flying over each capital city, which was which was freaking cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's kind of like a, a shared story thing. Yeah. What do you mean, dragons in my homeland? They're right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm very interested about it. I'm. It being a, a leisure island for nobility sounds awesome. Um, and there's like another theory of mine was um, I had just gone to medieval times for my birthday, and uh, I was thinking that um, the they would have these sort of uh, games, these like tournaments, the chivalric t- tournaments between different knightly orders, because there's like, I mean, there's like eight or nine of them around in mm-hmm. just in High Rock alone. But um, I don't think that's going to happen because I think it's going to be a more a widely focused story, story rather than it being like it's going to be a set where the Bretons are. But I think the story is going to be about Tamriel in general. Mm-hmm. I got really excited. Like I... Like... Sorry, but, yeah, yeah. But... No, you go ahead. Nope, nope. I, I was extending a point that I finished. So you're good. Okay, okay. I mean, you, you mentioned that I, I got when they said it was like a playground for the rich. I got Westworld vibes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this mm-hmm. is medieval world. Uh, um, yeah. But right. uh, they, sh- they showed lots of a few things they showed about that. They showed the, I mean, the castles, the architecture, all the rest. But then they showed fashion. We didn't see any new costumes. They're not going to reveal those, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. But we did see jousting arena. Yeah. No. That was cool. I know they're not going to give us new PvP, which is mm. a shame, but they've just given us. If I mean, but one thing they could do after this year, once they fix the code, can you imagine if we had a jousting contest oh in God. PvP? That would be so cool. Yeah. To actually have like a medieval style knightly games, um, like one on one combat, mm. like we already have the jewels, but make it a little more. Uh, um, location specific. Um, I would just say Archery contest. We, we just had a farewell from El Knight. Thank you for being in the chat, El Knight. It was oh, really bye, nice to chat to you. You take have care. Good night. Um, but yeah, if they could link in, and this is uh, this isn't a new thing. Many of the PVPers have, have said things like this to have <laughs> PVP um, activities embedded within the new content of each year. For them to look mm-hmm. for ways where they could have new a new PvP mode, a new PvP encounter, a new PvP uh, map, or anything that's linked to the current year's content. Um, yeah. And I'd say to have, I mean, I know I don't know how easy it would be. I don't know how easy it would be yeah. given that our combat system is disconnected when we're mounted. That'd mm-hmm. have to be fixed. That'd have to be addressed. But can you imagine it having a jousting competition? Uh, have a, ha, or even just having the start of a period where you, um, you you have to unseat your opponent, and once you've unseated your opponent, you get a combat buff going into the next phase of the battle. They could do things like that. Um, so it maybe I mean not like it's uh, fake horse combat, but you could have a, a, a two stages to the duel. So it, just like it would be in a medieval joust, um, 
the one that gets knocked off by the by their opponent normally has had their armor damaged or their hurt. They've been basically lit, rocketed off their horse by having a lance stuck up their ass. Um, they're they're disadvantaged in the subsequent hand to hand combat. Um, I mean, yeah. if you had a dueling system that had two stages like that, that you're winning in the first stage meant you had a bit easier chance in the next stage. That would be really, really cool from a PvP perspective. Um, it and it could even be a timed thing. Like you yeah. don't have to. Mm-hmm. You you have the horses riding towards one another, but you have to like click the button. You, you don't control the horse. Mm-hmm. You just c- control when you like jab or something. When like you that. strike. Yeah. What's what you strike yeah. with? Yeah. Firing um, strike. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be fantastic. And lots of yeah, games have mounted idea. combat. I mean, the the uh, Bannerlord games have got mounted combat with lances mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. So there are games that do it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I say this is one of the things that I'm. I'm a huge PvPer. I'd say I spend mm. more than sixty percent of my game time PvP relative to PVE. And so it's definitely the the, the, the dominant bulk of the time I play in the game. And. Um, the modes that we have are good. I like dueling, I like battlegrounds, I like Cyrodiil, I like Imperial City, I like it all. Um, but one of the things I'd like to see is for the PvP to be connected to the narratives that we have. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, your sweaty PvPers won't really be too interested in that. But there are actually lots of PvPers who would be um, yeah. interested in that intimate connection between new content and activity in, in the PvP game mode. Yeah, I feel like there's PvPers who play ESO because they love Elder Scrolls and, mm-hmm. or they love story in general and yeah. they just prefer the PvP stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. And yeah, just the zone. I am a little leery because I was not a huge fan of Somerset. I love Somerset's story. The writing was fantastic and everything was so great about it. But I wasn't a big fan of how like one note the zone was. So obviously it's going to be two small islands, so I'm expecting one like biome, but I just hope we get like more variety than what we see in like already in other jungle areas or like coastal areas. I was slightly um, heartened by the coverage of the two dungeons that we got, um, which was mm-hmm. uh, just Coral Airy, which is that one note style uh, Somerset thing. Um, the other one, which was, let me just get the name of it. Uh, Shipwright's Regret. Shipwright's Regret. It was uh, a scary haunted uh, shipyard. <laughs> it, it was... Yes. The, the environment was very, very different. It was... The, the whole colour scheme was different. It was uh, more like a traditional Breton-type uh, buildings around. But it was it was still connected to the coast. It was still connected to like caverns and stuff like that. But it was a very, very different feel to a coral area which was i mean coral area is the one that's right at the top of somerset um and that's where the the ascendant order has a base um and that's where uh you you rescue jacar um uh jacar yeah shipwrights regret is where you interact with zaji um the 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 ship captain that you interact with in in southern elsewhere um Mm -hmm. i like zaji zaji's great and cask is there as well Keska, Casca. Uh, oh yeah, uh, their friend, the big. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was a great character. Um, so it's the fact that we, I mean, it, they 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 lent into the that Somerset vibe for the first dungeon, but then they extended out 
in shipwrecks and shipwrecks regret to this new uh, kind of environment, this new style of, of, of dungeon. Um, and uh, and I also I also love the fact that we're going to encounter the marmor again, and the marmor are going to feature yes. in the new trial we're getting, uh, which is if I remember correctly the name, it's uh, the faction of the marmor is called the Dread Sail, and Dread Dread Sail Reef is the new trial we'll be getting in so, this year's content. Um, yeah, so the marmor are, are are a great villainous faction, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like. They took all the worst parts of the Altmer. <laughs> which many it's people true, say I mean... is all of them. <laughs> all of the parts. <laughs> but they took the real they, they, made the they really just worse. they made the Altmer worse. How could you do that? But they did. <laughs> With the Marmor, they really made them even worse. Um, Some would say the the Thalmor were the were the worst source of Altmer. But the, the Malmor are pretty bad. They're pretty cutthroat. They're they're like the grimy piratey bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony's saying in, in chat he'd really like to see more about the Marmor because uh, you don't know much about them. It, they are, uh, they became very beloved of the of the ESO community when we first experienced them in the very in the opening uh, zone for the All, All Mary Dominion. Um, yeah. And ever since that first experience, they've been uh, so many people in the community make characters as full Marmor. Uh, yeah. And we have just this very day, just on Twitter, just not only like a few hours ago in response to uh finn saying the name of the marmor slightly differently we oh got yeah that's Lehman right Tussle did, did, did give uh, an official lore master announcement that it's mao mer as in okay. chairman mao from uh, okay <laughs> uh, it, so that so it's it's not meow mer it's mao mer or Mer-mer? Like Mare, yeah. like M-A-R-E. Exactly, it's not Mermer, it's Maurer. Maurer, um, yeah. So that we do now have that now. That's Lord Master approved pronunciation of, of the of the of the, of the race, um, or faction. That's how I've always pronounced it too. It just it just looks that way. Mm-hmm. But I think you you say something and then it it's, it bounces around your head a little bit and then it just becomes how you say it. Ham hacks in chat just come up with a great um, spelling to help people do it. <laughs> That's excellent. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not an easy word to say. I'm, I, I'm certainly for no. sure. Um, that extra R in there kind of is like, <laughs> why? Yeah. So it's, there were people that were saying that they're like upset or not upset. They're just like over Malmer being the villains, which I agree. Like no races should be the villain, or they should always be neutral. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for a Malmer exp- uh, chapter or a Malmer exploration somewhere mm-hmm. along, yeah. not necessarily in ESO, but somewhere. The, the geographic location means that they have to be connected to what's happening. Um, yeah. It's, right. I mean, the, the islands, the sisters are between um, mm-hmm. essentially the edge of, of High Rock and the top of Somerset. Mm-hmm. And you would we imagine the Marmor the, the will patrol those uh, patrol those waters with with diligence, and thank you for Absolutely. the follow, Hamhacks. It's really nice to nice of you to uh, to follow. It's a good sign. Um, hopefully, it's a sign that you're enjoying the podcast. Um. So, yeah. So it's it's what they showed on on the on the on the post show of those two environments did make me think that we're going to get a little bit of variation, um, in in areas. They showed, as you mentioned, they, they showed the underground house. 
which I'm yeah. sure many housing managers will, will be desperate to, to, uh, to, to get as soon as it comes up. Uh, no, I'm going to mention one thing that I don't know if anyone's picked up on this. Um, one of the big things I that was on the on the reveal uh, was the new merchandise that we've been able to buy. Uh, and I'm mentioning it's not just because it there's a, a little tweak, a little thing I want to mention. It's because obviously the, the merchandise store revealed the name of the, the expansion before the official reveal, because they posted the, uh, the merchandise before um, the actual official stream. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that we've got a new t-shirt this year, a new t-shirt uh -huh. with with a Ruberos on it. Uh -huh. um, and on the back, it says Legacy of the Brands at the top on, on the shoulder. But if you look closely at the Ruberos, just behind, if I just point to my seat, just behind the heads of the yes. three creatures, there's an alien yes, stone. There's an alien, uh -huh. alien stone embedded in each one. Uh -huh. And that's a completely new feature of the Ruberos that I've not seen anywhere before. And mm -hmm. there has to be some significance. There has to be some reason for them to change the, the, the form of the Urubros for this year's chapter. Um, it may be it looked like to me. It oh, looked like it? the Eye of Magnus. Oh. But I don't know oh. if it's here in this time frame, but it looks like the Eye of Magnus to me, which is the big orb in Skyrim underneath them. Um, uh, yikes, I forgot. Uh, well, it's where the Iliad were, or not the Iliad, it's where the Falmer were. Uh, okay. First, the former war started. Okay. So we have a couple of options for the blue stone uh, and the origins of it and the lore connections to it. But yeah, there must be oh, some. Oh, thank you. There, thanks, Elton Tor, for giving us the name of that place. Um, but there has to be some reason that they did that. There has to be some connection. Mm -hmm. um, and I, say, I haven't heard it mentioned before now. Um, I was going to, like, totally scream if you were gonna say exactly what, what i was thinking too like i was gonna i was gonna be like oh my gosh she's gonna say it's the eye of magnus but alien is pretty good because it does look like an alien stone mm. it absolutely doesn't i didn't even think about that but i think that's probably a lot more a lot closer which would make sense so i mean we know how the bretons came about because the Otmer were terrible and mm -hmm. yeah enslaved the needs and made breton mm -hmm. um so there has to have been either the Breton came to the sisters later, or the Breton, or the you know there were like needed people there, and the Altmer, or you know like the Altmer came there and brought slaves or something like that. Mm -hmm. It'll be it's, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. really interesting implications. Mm -hmm. huh. It's gonna be a massive big orgasm. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's gonna be insane. Seriously, absolutely insane. Um, I'm so excited that they get to write new, like actually new lore. They don't have mm -hmm. to worry about anything that's, I mean, it's kind of have to worry about the future of yes. Camille, but yes. not that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what other things uh, do we need to talk about? Um, so do you want to save the title thing for later or do you want to talk about that? The title thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the universal title. Oh, oh, yeah, we can let's 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 yeah, let's get let's go on to that. Let's but before we do, let's talk a few a few other things from update okay. thirty three that we'll be getting. Um, update thirty three will bring us um, a new assistant. Uh, so this is this has been uh, talked about uh, quite a lot. 
um, in the post shows, but I don't think it's been picked up very much by the community because I think it's quite an interesting one. I mean, we have the banking assistant, we have the trader assistant, we, we now have mm -hmm. the armory assistant, um, but they're giving us a deconstruction assistant. Yeah, that sounds really. No, it's it's a bit of a niche one. It's interestingly on the Aussie stream yesterday, the Bethesda ANZ stream yesterday. Daku was saying that uh, he's he's going to get it straight off because his banks are full, his chests are full, his guild banks full. <laughs> he has no space anywhere on any of his alts. So when he does dungeons, oh it's either it's either it, it's it, it's it's the only option he has is to sell. And he'd rather not do that. So this deconstruction system gives someone like him, and there will be players like him, um, the ability to actually get the materials back and not just the pittance of gold that you get from selling items. Um, yeah. And that's a big thing, especially if it's blue or purple jewellery, um, to be able to harvest those those uh, potential deconstructed materials so that you can make stuff later, rather than getting 20 gold coins for... As instead of a zircon grain, which you could get three and a half, four thousand gold for if you sold it in a guild store, it's a big difference, a huge difference. Um, um, and interestingly, uh, Map Maplinator said that sounds like a you problem, not, not a game problem, which is a serious roast. I thought I'll laugh my ass off about that. Um, but uh, there will be a significant amount of players that are in that same circumstance. Uh, heavy players of uh, heavy dungeon players. Who, they just have no room. They'll, they'll have 18 alts, they'll have so many builds filling up their chests, and they, they just have to sell everything they get. Um, so it'll be good for them. But I, I can't imagine that's a big segment of the population of the game. Yeah. Oh! Even people. You know who what? I just forgot? Who? People who don't have ESO Plus. Oh, you're right. Oh, we can't forget those people. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. People who don't have an ESO Plus will have far, far reduced bank and inventory space. Yeah. Um, but even then, if yeah. you're if you're not ESO Plus, how are you going to be able to afford five thousand crowns for an assistant? You know. That's true. Yeah, I guess maybe if you're willing to drop, well, five thousand—that's a lot. That's that's like forty bucks. All the all the assistants are dollars. like huge crowns. Uh, yeah. They're never, they're never cheap. Um, yeah, that's true. They should make a decon. Well, I was, that's stupid. I was just about to say they should make a decon crafting station. <laughs> that's why they're making a. They have one. That's why they're making a follower. Why yeah, they're yeah, making a yeah. Merchant. Dumb. Yes. <laughs> so we just started uh, a, a comment in chat from Real Swag Overlord. Thoughts on High Isle. Um, I think the consensus from the two of us at the moment is that we can't wait. Um, is <laughs> is thoughts on High Isle. Um. We've, we've talked about, so far in the podcast, we've talked about um, concerns about the explorable area, but excitement about the setting, um, deep uh, excitement about the, the freedom that the developers have had to develop the lore behind the High Isle. Um, there's un, many unanswered questions about how the three factions will fit into the storyline, whether it's just an initial tag or hook to get us there, or whether it's going to be connected intimately through the year's uh, storyline and whether it will have a significant impact on the game. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, 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 I'd say that it's, there are some things that we're uh, concerned about, but equally, there are many things that we're, we're very happy about. I mean, thank you for the follow of the Swagglebird. So you, fo you followed up there, say, 
you're in a few ESO forums and Facebook groups, you see a lot of hate towards it, especially about the card game, because Elder Scrolls Legends was a big flop. Well, that's that's an interesting perspective. And I think for a lot of people who, who are not interested in any way in card games, they'll be disappointed. Um, there'll be a lot of people who would have much preferred a, a new class or new skill line. Um, and for those people, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to get what they were hoping for. And that's, and that's going to manifest itself in a fair amount of disappointment. Um, it's the card game aspect, but for many players who who like have played The Witcher or played Hearthstone or played Elder Scrolls Legends, the incorporation, the embedding of a, of a card game within Elder Scrolls may well be something that keeps them playing the game they might otherwise have seen them walk away. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've done it. It's not about yeah. satisfying the, the players who are here. It's about attracting new players and retaining players who might otherwise leave. Um, because they've explored all the game modes that they have available and there's nothing else they want to do. Um, so I think as much as it's not what a lot of people were looking for, for the health of the game, the game needs to start, keep generating new, new players uh, or bringing in new players. The game needs to keep the players who, who might have explored all the other aspects that there is to explore. And as we talked about earlier, Antiquities didn't scratch that itch. It's a nice little pastime, but it's not a core activity that you would do on a daily basis. And I think the card game might be one of those things that makes people log in when otherwise they would not have logged in. And concurrent players is and concurrent and and continued heavy usage of, of the game by players is the re is it's going to be a thing that makes Elder Scrolls Online survive. So this was I think this was an existential development. This is something that I had been thinking well. We need to keep increasing the user, the player base. We need to keep the player base that we have. And although a large segment of like that diversity in builds, classes, and, and, and skill lines, the thing that they've learned from the release of the Warden with Morrowind, the release of the Necromancer with Elsewhere, is that these things didn't manifestly largely increase the player base. And Rich Lambert talked about this on stream. They, they have the numbers, they have the statistics. The new classes did not re result in a bump in the user base. Um, so that's that's why they've gone this way, I think. Um, well, I'll, I'll t I want to chime in on the card game too, because uh, I see that um, that Bruce uh, Wagner has also said that um, uh, Legends doesn't have any uh, players currently, and that's because it's not a supported game anymore. It hasn't been supported for years at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, the the card game had did have trouble getting off its feet, but the people that were playing it were like this. It it was a really 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 good card game and i know i'm maybe a little bit biased because as i said as i said earlier i'm i kind of come from a, a collectible card game background i guess it's not really a background but i very much enjoyed them in the past and uh yeah the, the game i mean when you look at games like hearthstone and you look at games like elder scrolls legends they whenever they put it whenever they implement things a new expansion or a new card pack one card can be so OP that it just destroys the the meta, and people have to come up with uh, creative things to uh, to like um, combat that. And there's always this uproar whenever the meta gets changed in, I mean, in any game really, but in collectible card games. And then it ends up they either nerf it or buff it, which I'm sure they'll do in ESO because they do that constantly to sets and stuff like that. And then it'll make the game work well. Um, but I think people who are like, uh, who are naysayers against the card game are more like, that's not what I wanted. 
um, they wanted, you know, whatever they wanted, <laughs> you know, they, their thing that they wanted implemented isn't getting implemented. But the card games is going to be really fun. Uh, I, I think, and I always, I did see that there was hate on Twitter and stuff like that. And I mean, I think it's, from what they, from what they explained in the reveal, I, I feel like it's hard to like say this expansion is going to be trash. One, because you haven't seen it really we haven't really seen it implemented um and two you know it's it's all new content i mean there's just they're doing so many brand new things so i think we should like maybe sit back and, and wait and you know be if you want to be cautiously optimistic absolutely i support that because there's 100 percent precedence to be cautiously optimistic but i mean i just sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my head around the the hate and uh, just the just the hate that comes from really nowhere or oh they didn't do the thing that i wanted to do so this game sucks now or you know it's going to be trash and it's like well okay yeah i get it but you know they're also doing other great stuff too <laughs> so you know happy medium yeah i mean you, real swag overlord makes a, another point about um you what they, they're worried about the lack of new inverted commas uh, meaningful content might result in a loss of players for, for, for sure there, there are some people that are not going to be satisfied with content. I think each year we have a, a segment of the ESO community that isn't blown away by what we've got. But equally, they've, they've still done the, ba the, the basics. The end gamers will still have four new dungeons and a, new, and a trial to work towards their, their trifectas and their achievements. And the questers are going to have a storyline that's going to be very different to the past few years' storylines uh, and an area of lore that that will bring novelty that will add to the excitement and pvpers are going to have to sit on their hands and that's a given and that's probably the community that's probably most likely to walk away over the course of the next year because we're in a waiting okay. position to wait until the server architecture code is rewritten before they can actually do anything meaningful with pvp um so yeah there will be there will be some hemorrhage of the player base um, of the long-term player base and i think that's but the, I guess the the, the, the calculus, the, the, the calculations they've done um, is that um, the increase in player base they'll get for having an embedded card game is going to offset significantly any loss they'll experience during the game. And I'm pretty sure they, they'll have crunched the numbers on this. They won't have launched into this as a lazy exercise, oh, we'll give them a card game. Though there will be some serious financial calculations and projections behind this um, that they think are solid enough to have actually done what they did. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, on for sure, Real Swaggle Blood, Elder Scrolls Legend was not in the top tier in terms of numbers yeah, relative sure. to many of the other card games. And that's that's a given. And for sure, that no one's going to argue with that. Um, no, absolutely. It was 100, like I will say, it was 100% a copy paste of, uh, of Hearthstone. I mean, they tried to do what Hearthstone did and with the Elder Scrolls skin on it, basically. Yeah, and I, and I didn't mean to maybe make it sound like um, I was focusing on uh, what you were saying, Real Swag Overlord. It was more of a something that I had noticed personally when I was like trolling through Twitter about everything. Um, like in this expansion, I was like, I get. I mean, mm -hmm. I get the I get the criticism. I'm 100% open or not open. I'm 100% supporter of criticizing this game because there's a lot to criticize. And if you love something, you should criticize it. That's my my mantra. But I mean, just the hate off of off of nothing. I was just like, what? I don't see. You know, people hate Bretons, and it's like because they have no lore. And I'm like, I made a tweet about it uh, the other day. I'm like, 
people who think Bregs don't have any lore, I mean, they do. It just takes a little bit of looking into. And and also, you know, Khajiit didn't have as much in-depth lore as they have now with uh, Elder Scrolls Online. So, you know, ESL is mm-hmm. going to be making some new lore. And I'm, I'm so, so, so excited and thrilled for it. Yeah. And I, I guess Real Swaggle was just agreeing with you that sometimes mm-hmm. the, the harshest words can often come from the biggest fans. But yes, I think we, 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 we've always got to temper that with uh, making sure that the way that we deliver that message is um, in the manner of which it will yield positive change. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's the key thing, is that the I developers... Agree. I mean, every, every time we get uh, official communications or reveals or, or, or product, produce videos, the developers are always uh, go to great lengths to acknowledge that the game wouldn't exist without the community that plays it. Um, and uh, sure, if we see things that we think would massively improve the game, we should be open. We should openly make these messages heard in the forums, Twitter, any social media channel that gives us an access to, to an ear that listens to us. Um, it's. Uh, I, I think that the issue comes if if the if the dialogue uh, transitions over to. Uh, uh, has a nasty element to it, and I think it's. Yeah. I'm, I, I play a lot of PvP as I've said many times in the past. And the PvP community has just had this period of significant, uh, less than productive dialogue that has actually resulted in, uh, a, a steps being taken, both within the community and from the developers to try and, uh, take a step back and think a bit more carefully about how we engage, um. It shouldn't have to come to that, but it did. Um, and I think we're actually we're fantastically lucky and fortunate that it hasn't gone the other way, that the developers have decided, okay, sod you, we'll just walk away from PvP. Yeah. They've decided to lean in. They've decided to commit a year's worth of uh, server architecture uh, revision to allow the PvP mode of the game to be what we all wish it could be. Um, and to be honest, they could have gone the other way. They could have just cut it out and it said fine go to new world yeah see ya yeah bye um, don't let the bridge on the way out yeah they could have said that for sure so well i, I say it's each year look there was there's a lot of people I, I wasn't a fan of necromancer when we first got it in mm-hmm. uh southern elsewhere for me it was a it was it was a class we should never have had because it's so it's so difficult from a lore perspective to weave in that the, the so the, the 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 vestige is a necromancer. Yeah. Considering that the vestige's role is to fight the forces of necromancy, as manifested by the Mana Marco throughout the entire uh, Fatamriel. Um But at the same time, I, I I I gave it a chance, and I now have a necromancer that I've leveled, and I'm enjoying it both PvP and PVE, mechanistically from the perspective of the gameplay, rather not from the perspective of questing. Um, but I think each year we'll, we'll present challenges in terms of what people wish to be included and what, what, what was. Um, this yeah. is this year's no different, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it did break a lot of lore, like you were saying, Cynic, and like Real Swag over there, just saying, yeah, it did. I was definitely not a fan of it. But I'm glad they implemented the justice system with it, you know? They, they did the same thing like they do for vampires and werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, necromancy, vampirism, and werewolves are—they're part of the Elder Scrolls universe. Uh, they're part of the mm-hmm. lore. How it's implemented in the player basis and the character basis, I—I I, vampirism annoys the hell out of me. Um, 
because yeah. it's meta to be stage three vampire when you're in Cyrodiil and all the strongest players, the, the players that, um, the players that, that survive the e easiest are all, all running stage three vampirism. And the fact that you have to lean into a skill line like that to be competitive and it makes you more competitive than people that don't, it just doesn't seem right to me from a PvP perspective. We're also yeah. another matter. We're also just a little niche side thing in that you come across them in Cyril and you can either run away or, or not. Um, but the vampirism thing really, really bothers me um, because it's any streamer that you see, any PvP streamer that's doing 1vxing will be third stage vampire and they'll lean into that and you can't survive otherwise. Um, that annoys me a lot. Um, it shouldn't be that way. Um, but that's the way it is. Um, uh, Real Swag Overlord mentions ship battle PvP. I think the game has got a lot of potential for new styles of PvP. To have some kind of naval combat would be would be pretty cool. But that would be on a level that would be as much uh, complication to implement as the sieging mechanics that we have in Cyrodiil. We're, we're a good couple of years away from getting anything like that, I would say. Um, but, uh, but there are many issues with PvP, and as Real Swag Overlord mentioned in chat, it, it's made them walk away from PvP because of some of the issues. I, I, I lean in. I, I still stick with it because I'm, I, I've got hopes that the game will be able to deal with the problems it has in PvP, and I enjoy what we have at the moment. Um, yeah. The um, world wasn't such a mess. I think we'd probably lose a lot more people. <laughs> yeah. If New World wasn't such a difficult beast um, in terms of PvP and progression of builds and, and economy, I think ESO might have suffered a lot uh, worse than it has over the past 6-12 uh, months. Yeah. Um, now, quickly, just before we go on to um, the other big thing, the achievement thing, multi-rider mounts um, is going to be coming with the new update. Uh, update 33 is going to give us these uh, two-person mounts, which is going to be great for the role players out there. Um, and the, the people who like to make OCs, original characters, and, and really embed themselves within them when they play the game. That kind of, that's going to be nice for immersion for a lot of the people. Um, so that's going to be coming. There's going to be at least two different types. Uh, there's be, they, they showcase the horse, a two-person, a two-saddle horse. Uh, in the in the post show from the reveal, uh, and we saw last year as well. They, we showed they showed us the duenna mount with the two seats. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get, most likely get that as well. So your companion can use it. A group member can use it. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun little addition to the game for aspects that, for portions of the community that like to really live within the game. Uh, so that's going to be good for them. Um, yeah, that'd be good. But the other big thing we haven't talked about, and we do need to talk about this because it's a contentious, contentious issue. Um, <sighs> there have been many people in the in the ESO community who are overjoyed, literally over the moon, with the fact that with the new update we will get account-wide achievements. Um, there are many people who play this game basically checking in on their on their achievement score. I think there's a total of potentially 40,000 points or thereabouts to get the maximum full achievements for the entire game. And there are many people, especially people who play on console where achievement point scoring is an integral part in, in your satisfaction in completing a game, um, that that is gonna make the world of difference to them because they've been 
it is with any with any game like this getting to that full tight that full achievement total on one character is near impossible um yeah it's yeah it's, it's, just, it's almost fifty thousand. yeah it'll be it goes up every year obviously because each new expansion comes with a whole new set of points true. Um, true. so um it's been asked for and yes so delivered and uh, for many people it is going to change the way they play the game they won't feel slavishly required to log in on their main character their main their, their main uh, and they'll be able to experience it with their other characters they'll be able to fill the gaps maybe they want to do the eight old merry dominion uh, faction zone quests on their ad character they don't want to have to take, do it by doing candles gold or silver they want to actually have their ad character get those achievements for them that's a big thing that's a fantastic thing to have so your your, your story based your quest based achievement points can be obtained with your character you feel is most appropriate to do those quest lines rather than having the single character that has to go through everything i've got my main character who's uh kind of uh, a spell sword i from i from from i oh, is it who's essentially from the from high rock he's he's gonna be doing morrowind and varenfeld so i can make sure i get all the achievements in one character but now i could say okay no i'll get my dunmer dragon knight to do those achievements so that I can get my total and not have to deal with that. I mean, I had to even take my Sork through the Dark Brotherhood questline, popping invisibility potions all the time instead of, <laughs> instead of using my Nightblade skills, um, so I can get all the achievements on on that character. I wouldn't need to do that anymore if that if that achievement hunting is what I want to get out of the game. I, I've got another follow there from uh, Baba Yaga. Nice to see you. Um, thank you for the follow. Um, so let's catch up the chat. Uh, and as, as Real Swag Overlord said, it's, ESO has never been a seriously grindy game, and they've actually made it even less grindy with this, which is something a lot of people, other people have said. Um, Heavy Hand of God. It'd be nice for them. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Heavy Hand of God said, yes, you're doing it all in one character. It's a, a long a long road. Easier with other tunes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where a lot of people, there's a lot of people who just breathe a big sigh of relief when that announcement yeah. was made. Um, and with the grindier aspects of the game, like the Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild, uh, if you're grinding for the Assassin and I think it's the Scoundrel title, mm -hmm. it's the worst. It's literally the, the worst. It's torture. <laughs> like having to having to just grind and do stealth quests because I don't play a stealth character either, and I I'm not good at stealth in this game, and it's just it's just so difficult. I just ended up running through all of the all of the. Uh, I'm working on the Thieves Gold one actually right now, and I'm just running through all of these to just get the achievements. I'm not even caring about being stealthy and just taking the hits. Yeah. The worst. Yep. <laughs> yep. Interestingly, uh, Real Swag Overlord and uh, Baba Yaga both brought up another point about one of the things that is still grindy about ESO is uh, mount upgrades. Um, now, it's it's a very long process. It is literally 180 days to get to full mount uh, upgrades on three different skill lines of the mount. Um, that's a long time. Um, yeah. And uh, so there's, do we need to wait a full, like 20 hours, essentially a 24 hour period, essentially, because nobody, we don't, we don't exist on a 20 hour clock. So it does end up being 24 hours, essentially. Um, it's, uh, and yes, I, I agree, yeah. real so I go it's, it, it does, it's one of these things that makes people Login every day, not just the daily 
login rewards, not just the daily writs, but the mount training is also one of those things that makes people log in every day. So um, it is, it's unlikely to be a mechanic to change. And uh, even though Baba Yaga mentions they think it should be possible to upgrade with gold, there is a way you could upgrade with gold. You can buy those uh, riding training vouchers with crowns and you can use ways to get crown stores items gifted to you with gold through sanctioned but not fully approved channels there are uh, discord servers where people do crown exchange and it's it's acknowledged that it's viable within terms of service and um, but it's not particularly encouraged by Zenimax but they're not going to stamp it out because it's gifting one currency for another in game crowns for gold and um, so they, they don't mind too much yeah, I've used it a couple of times. It's a good system. They do. They run it really well. Yeah, and also uh, Nana's mentioning you can use your gems. You can use your gems now to. Uh, well, you've always been able to use your gems to buy. Uh, you crown create gems that you've extracted. You can buy riding vouchers with those. But yeah, the cost is is very very high, and there's no denying that it's very very different to the price you would pay to waiting your twenty days. Um, and they, <laughs> as as Left says, the exchange rate for currents at the moment is insane. On both yeah, EU and any, and yeah, nice to see you, Lefty. I saw your hello earlier on, but we were in in-depth conversation about uh, something <laughs> at the time. Nice to see you. Um, so, the account-wide achievements is, um, and actually, Skinny Cheeks just posted a six-minute video on this, just literally within the last eight hours. Um, the 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 one segment of the community that is. Uh, well, for me, I, I, I made my statement about it on Twitter. Um, as soon as I saw it, I said, it's fine for other people to play that way. If they want to have their achievements kind of wide, if they want to have their titles account wide, that's fine. Personally, I will only put a title on a character that, I, that I've used to earn that title. Um, I've got Stormproof on my character you see in front of you. I don't have uh, Flawless Conqueror yet. Um, it's one of the things I want to get from my main character. I have completed Veteran Maelstrom on that character in front of you, and they, one of my titles I use quite frequently is Stormproof, which is the title I use for getting Vet Maelstrom. I will not use Stormproof on my Templar. I will not use Stormproof on my Warden. I will not use it on my Necro. I will not use it on my Dragonite. I won't use it on my Nightblade. Until I have taken those classes through that content, I will not use that title on them. Because that, for me, that's why I play the game. I play the game to be multi-class, multi-role, and unless I win the achievement doing that with that character, I won't put the title on it. But that's me, and many people feel very, very differently, but that's because they played the game differently to I do, and that's the way that ESO is wonderful, is it lets people play the game their way. So all power to anyone who wants to take their Emperor title, or my former, somebody like me who's got former Emperor as a title, I could now use that across all my characters. Even a level 10 Cyrodiil newbie, I could put former Emperor on that, according to the new update, but I won't. Other people can and will, and that's great. I won't. Because I only put for, I only put former emperor on a title on a character that I've taken to win emperor in Cyrodiil. For me, that's 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 the way I play the game, and yeah. but I'm more than happy for other people to play the game however they want to play it. Um, so that's the, that's the way that I view the the thing. It's it's up for people to do whatever they want to do with the game, and it always will be. That's the way. That's one of the biggest. Uh, uh, that's the perspective of Zenimax. That's what they want players to be able to do. That's one of the yeah. big pulling point, pulling draws for the game is that you play the game your way. And this is just one yeah. more aspect of it. Um, 
Skinny Cheeks yeah, did. Skinny Cheeks did put out his video that basically said the end game trialists and dungeoners are not happy because the titles, earning a title on a character, is one of the few reasons why they still play the game because they want to get the title of of whether it's a Ophidian Overlord for doing Veteran Dragonstar or whatever on, 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 on a new trial. The reason they keep playing the game is because, okay, I've done this on this character that's a Stamina Dragon Knight. I'm going to do the same thing on a Magic and Nightblade. And the whole reason I'm still playing the game is because I want to get the buzz of the achievement of doing it on a different class in a different role in a different way. And I want to earn the title for that character by doing that content in that way. And that's that, apparently that's one of the biggest driving forces for most of the end game players is that nature of because they don't get anything else. They get their cosmetics from doing it once, which is account wide. They get their mounts or the skins for doing it once, that's account wide. But the only thing that's different is the title. And the fact they've made titles uniform across account is without any distinction at all. It's it's essentially just pulled the rug out from underneath them. They don't I mean, why play the game anymore? You know? Um I think so, they could have made a good compromise with like not doing like they they said they didn't include some content already. Um, I forget what they uh, said that they didn't include, um, mm -hmm. but they could almost exclude all uh, end game content, which is like PvP uh, titles, um, uh, dungeon and trials and arenas. They could only they could I think that they could make it like just be like uh, quest content, if you will, like. Uh, Dark mm -hmm. Brotherhood titles, Thieves Guild titles, you know, titles you get from, like, The Wretched. You get the title of The Wretched from just completing the a s single quest line in, in uh, Deadlands. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, those ones would be easy to do. Or, like, Spirit Seeker. You get Spirit Seeker from just praying at altars in the Reach. <laughs> you know, like, it's so arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. But not yeah. having to do that on all characters is good. And I, I mean, I feel I'm neutral because I only play with one character anyway, so I just get all the achievements on her. But mm -hmm. it's, but I do understand. I see both sides. Like, I see the RPers who want to have this title on their uh, character, even though they didn't earn it on that specific character, but they want to have like sergeant on their on mm -hmm. their their character because they're like role play like a, a sergeant. But I mean, I don't. I, I do see the end gamers who are like. I want to achieve this and show off that I've achieved this, and like so people, so people know, you know, like like you with your mm -hmm. former emperor, like you like to, yeah. I know, you, I know you're the type of guy who likes to walk around with his chest puffed out with with your little uh, former emperor title because you earned it, you know, like and rightfully so, you should. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm all about the swagger. That's why I play this game. <laughs> I don't have the jest of personality, but I should, and then I'll just walk around Vardenfell, the vexity. <laughs> That you should. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, slow walk with a heroic, heroic personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Chat's chat's kind of uh, seems to have the same kind of viewpoint that if it's like a really valuable content related, uh, difficult content related title that they would pr primarily use on characters that have earned it. Um, all the fishing titles. I think a lot of people would happily use Master Angler across all the characters and not have to do it on all of them. That's just yeah. insane. Um, like Style Master, or you know, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a fun one. Yeah, but I, at the same time, it's been it's been one of these things that's been called on called for by such a large percentage of the community. It was it was always going to happen, I guess. 
but I think the way it's going to be implemented could have been refined a little bit. Um, I, I think one of the things that Skinny was mentioning in his video is he could have had a way to indicate on the title with a little symbol yes. or a colour. I saw that. That mm -hmm. um, this character actually earned this title, kind of thing, rather than idea. just mm -hmm. uh, it's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I mean, some of these titles are incredible. Anyone getting faults? I've not got faults yet on on VMA. It's one of my big. It's one of my big white whales. My big Moby Dick white whale that I still have to harpoon. Um, it's one of those big things that I still have to do to satisfy my own needs in in terms of completionism for this game. Um, doing it on any character is a huge achievement, and it'd be nice to be able to show that to people that okay i'm on my level five warden but i'm cp 1600 which is visible to everyone and i've i've done vet and maelstrom uh flawless it'd be nice to have that ability to do it but it would also be nice to, nice to say and it was on this character this one right yeah. here yeah. um that's that kind of uh, refinement would be pretty cool and it would satisfy both needs i think um yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, Nana's Nana, Nana saying that we've we got the lovely portrait painting of my character to sh uh, to prove that I that this character was emperor. Yes, thank you, Nana. Yes, indeed, indeed, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's bringing it. I mean, I don't know. It's. I think it's a standard across MMOs where you have uh, account-wide titles. Um, I don't remember this specifically when I played WoW, but um, I, it was brought to my attention by a friend that that's how it is in WoW. Like in World of Warcraft, it's you know you have the you it, it, there are account wide titles regardless of what character you're playing. Mm -hmm. um, so apparently it's an industry, it's an industry norm. But yeah, I mean, I think Elder Scrolls strives in its like role playability if you will not even if you're a role yeah, yeah. player but like yeah. you're a character you're you know you're your character immersion are. Yeah, yeah exactly like daryl mm -hmm. is the emperor you know like in your in your story mm -hmm. and you know not you know your other character like lucy is, isn't it emperor no, you know lucy is definitely an emperor he'd be too busy yeah chatting chat up ladies it's uh, it's not what he would do maybe he could seduce his way to the throne who knows who knows yes <laughs> but yeah I think that would I, I see so I see the people I see people um, being upset about it and I, I think they're um, valid absolutely their concerns are valid. But the good thing is that this kind of thing could be easily amended in a patch or or updated. Um, the account with achievement is is the is the watershed moment, and I think it would be well within the, the ability of the community to to lobby for that refinement to to see okay look you've given us this it's great for huge swathes of the player base but for these segments it'd be really cool if we get this little tweak this little twist and so i it's yeah i mean we may well get these changes and that's that's something we could advocate for so lefty's yeah. just about to leave us um who's uh, she was just online earlier on actually let's give a quick shout out to lefty because she was yeah. streaming earlier today thanks for hanging out um she's just getting back into into streaming more like regularly she's a great content creator so check out nice. her channel drop her a follow um so yeah it's it's a it's a contentious point but i think it's it's a good development but something that can be refined i think would probably be a good way to uh, look at this thing um 
yeah. One of the great th- one of the great things about it though is it has brought into focus how we all play the game, how we all play the game differently. Um, mm-hmm. The diversity in how we play the game is, and the ability of the game to facilitate that diversity is one of the amazing strengths of Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. Um, it truly is, and you know, like you said, or like we were all we were both saying earlier, another way to play the game again, we're gonna have people who just log in to play the card game. I mean, I know I mm-hmm. probably am uh, when yeah, yeah. I when content like dwindles down. I th- yeah. I mean, I just know I love uh, card games, so <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited because I I have a I have Google Stadia, and um, that means I can play on my phone. I can play ESL on my phone, so I can see myself logging in just to log into ESL <laughs> to play the card game casually. Exactly. It's one of those things that, okay, I don't want to quest, I don't want to dungeon, I don't want to do anything else, but yeah, I'll play a card game today. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at this. We have been raided. This is fantastic. Oh, wow. We have had a raid from Icy, who's uh, an absolutely fantastic streamer. She's a lovely, lovely person. And it's nice to see you, Icy. We're just chatting about the new expansion, the new details and the new content. Thank you for coming over with your community. Um, you can't, it's not just me today, it's me and Livia. We're talking about uh, the new, uh, the new reveal. Uh, I guess lots of people are talking about the reveal. Uh, nice to see you, Ember Fairy. Um, yeah, I, I think you were, you were, you were chewing the fat with your community about, about the new reveal. <laughs> Bodies in chat as well, if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Yes, there you go. It's you too. Look at that. Oh, it's it's uh, so uh, I see. Um, I, I saw you on the Bethesda ANZ stream uh, yesterday, uh, and as always, you you always add that air of authority and, and knowledge to those uh, to the Bethesda ANZ streams, and it was really nice to see what you were saying, talking about with new content. Um, so it's I I sorry I missed your stream earlier today. I was getting ready for this one, but uh, I say it's. We've we've covered we covered quite a lot already today. We've t- covered the setting, we've covered the potential storylines, we've covered the mechanics, we've covered we've just we just gone to gone close to the conclusion of talking about the uh, account wide achievements, which I know is uh, it's been on on for, the forefront of, of most people's minds um, for uh, since since the reveal. It's one of the, the biggest announcements they actually made. Um, Scorpio is asking about the the Aussie giveaway from Bethesda. I think the best way for you to find out about that yes please do i see i don't think I, I don't think it's locked so you should be able to go for it i see is going to post the link for you scorpio um this is all right Bodhi's snuck in Bodhi's with it with the link <laughs> sneaky body you say hi first <laughs> um benevolent body is a fantastic content creator for elder scrolls it's got a fantastic website and he's a very very fun chat participant um now this is something else people might not be aware of. We missed out in, in Australia, New Zealand on many of the giveaways on the reveal stream and the post show. Um, and, but we have one of the best community teams that, uh, in the Bethesda family for Australia, New Zealand. Um, and they have arranged for the Australia, New Zealand viewers to have access to a giveaway for a very, very unique item. Um, so in Scorpio, it's the it, Bodhi just put the link to the tweet. Um, just a few uh, entries up in the chat. Benevolent Bodhi put the tweet, uh, a link to the AN, Bethesda ANZ Twitter channel. That's the link you need to click on to get access to the competition. Um, we have the ability to win what we call in Australia an ESCI, which is essentially 
a small tub in which you put chilled drinks and traditionally it will be beer because that's Australian for you. We have a, um, a, a treasure chest, full timber treasure chest that's um, got inside a, a classic refrigerator for chilling your beer. We have a Breton beer, awesome. and not only not only do we have uh, the, the chiller, we actually have specially commissioned Breton bitter ale, bottles of Breton bitter that will fill that cool box. And it's only, uh, I access, the competition is only for people from Australia and New Zealand. Um, so and jealous. yes. It's so cool. <laughs> it is, I'm dying to win that. Um, yeah. It'll be fantastic, yes indeed. And Real Swaggle Blow is asking, I'm an Australian. Yes, I am. All of my accent is Scottish because I am Scottish and I live in Australia now. Yeah. And even having a third, your, or yeah, your guys' own labeled like beer or like an own brew, that's like a Breton. Oh, that's so cool. In general, mm -hmm. I want just a bottle of that. Yes. Imagine when the schooler came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 The absinthe. Yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, I see one of this because uh, Kim Kim Lee Bender was talking about this on on the Australia Post show from from the reveal that we've had some of the best uh, innovations in terms of merchandise and content uh, because we Australia's Bethesda team gave the world the Dagon body pillow. Oh, that's right! I forgot that was the Australia mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. Dang. Yep, it's uh, yeah. The world looks on and learns from the Bethesda ANZ team about what the what the community really really wants. Um, so yeah. we're, we're very well served. Yep, I should say, Daddy Dagon was all Kim's idea. She's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, she's good. I like her a lot too. I follow the ANZ obviously for you. Mm -hmm. I follow the Bethesda ANZ people. Um, so Nana's saying great. we need to be innovative in Australia to survive all the things that want to kill us in this in this country. <laughs> that's that's why we need to be innovative, Nana. Resourceful, absolutely. We are the real world inspiration for, um, what's the name? Amanas, the new zone. Amanas. One of the new islands yeah. in, the, in the new zone and the content we're getting, Amanas was modeled on Australia. Conflict island with lots of animals that want to kill you. Um, and no worries, actually, you lurk away. Uh, Indian for dinner, nice. Yep, go and grab it. Feed the, feed the, feed the feast to the family. Um, Swag Obelor saying, people say spiders will kill in, kill in Australia, but no one talks about magpies and hot concrete. Sorry. Yeah. Magpies are the, are the real uh, MVP when it comes to hazards in Australia. Spiders. Cool. And yeah, but you get your endeavors done. Um, so try to think, other things I want to mention about the, the reveal that we've not covered so far. Um, yeah. Things. That's yeah. What needs to... Um, well, the, the collector's oh, edition was really oh, cool. Oh, so yeah, go, go ahead. You, you go ahead and then I'll go into my thing. Go, go for it. Okay, okay. So I thought that I, I mean, you know, just being a, I, I drop money on the collector's edition because mm -hmm. I just had to. And the collector's edition is pretty cool. Actually, you know what I'll do? On stream, I'll pull up the, um, I'll pull up the, uh, two mount, the, the mount in the, um. Yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll have to, the, I'll follow you out because we'll have to go outside one or uh, build, or I can bring it up here. Too. Do it up here. Yeah. So for those of you who are watching and on, on listening to the podcast, you to get access to the vision that we're gonna have on screen, you'll have to check out the VOD on, on Libya's YouTube page. But that's a small price to pay for the extra visual uh stimulus. <laughs> so 
if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever, at this point, I recommend you don't you you, you check the YouTube. So go for it, Liv. The uh, pale frost elk mount up first. I'm going to put it in the uh, hallway area here. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let me just turn it. Oh, look at that. Pretty awesome. It's fantastic. I have it already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have that one? Yep. And then I'll put the. Uh, I have to take it away to put the um, the little fawn. The fawn's so cute. But then someone on Twitter, I t- saw that they said they have a thousand yard stare. Oops. So close to me. A thousand yard stare, and they absolutely do. Just the eyes are so light that they just like they're staring that. off and they're nothing. Yeah, you just see, you can just see it there. Yes, those eyes are very, very wide open. And yet, yeah. as as Nano said, uh, real swag overlord. There is no physical collector's edition. Um, we yes. have the uh, the digital things you get with the special edition. Um, and but the merchandise store store does has does have the statue of the ascendant lord, which is the main baddie for the year's content. We do have that statue, which is also a letter opener. Um, so they've not given us a physical collector's edition, but they have put something in the merchandise store, which is what they would have had in a physical collector's edition, just like they had this, the the vampire statue, the the Molag Ball statue, or the other statues we've had in the past. Um, Bala, yeah. Yeah. Yes, but the mine's pretty cool. The mount is very, very cool. Yeah, and you get a bunch of other good stuff too. I think you get the Ascendant Lord um, crafting motifs mm. when the game releases. Mm. There's a bunch of other things that you get too. I, you know, if you if if it's feasible for someone, I always uh, recommend getting the stuff because it's just cool stuff, collectible stuff to have if you're into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big sucker for motifs. Uh, not so much uh, emotes, but I like them. Um, the mounts that we're going to get, the, there's an, an, a, for the digital collectors, there's a, a mount and a pet and uh, right. lots of other stuff. Like a lizard thing, yeah. And Bodies just quickly mentioned in chat the 3000 US dollar Daedric Dagger that's on pre-order on the Bethesda store at the moment. Oh, I saw that, yeah. When you, absolutiv- when you absolutely positively have to murder someone with with uh, <laughs> with lore-friendly weaponry. Yes, that's... that's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. On Etsy, you can get a like reasonably pli- reasonably priced three uh, D printed uh, weapons that are pretty cool. So, see as well. <laughs> you can get daggers yes. and stuff. <laughs> yes, Swag Overlord said the same thing. Get from three D printer, do one yourself. <laughs> um, yes. What were you going to so, mention though? I'm, I'm excited. Now you will be interested in this because I know that you really like the secret components of dungeons. Oh, yes, yes, yeah? yes, yes. And one of the yes. things that Finn revealed in the, the post show uh, for uh, the broadcast yesterday was that the new dungeons do have secret areas. They're le- leaning into it heavily because they know that everyone loves them. But the yeah. new thing this year is the secret areas will have additional narrative components to them. Ah. I'm so excited. So it's not just go this way and find a boss. It's go this way and find out new lore fragments associated with the dungeon or the content for the year. So I think this, I'm so happy that Finn is getting given the the ability to do this with the dungeons to make them story rich. And even more so now because of these secret zones. It's not just go here, get this boss, get him a buff to do something else. It is literally there's narrative connections now in the secret areas. Um, 
And yeah. this is hopefully, I'm see, one of the things, people have been calling for many things. Matagon wants a bard. Bodhi wants stackable treasure maps. I want the ability to redo the story quest of dungeons. Just like yeah. a daily repeatable quest for the story to be, for the dungeon content to be quest marker length, like it is the very first time you go there. Um, so that you can just replay it and replay it and you can, if you don't get a pug that wants the weight, you can hang around it, but, but you want to do the content, you run through it, but you know that you'll be able to come back two days time, three days time, a week's time with your group of friends and play through it and just soak up the lore, soak up the environment, soak up the dialogue, soak up everything. The dungeons are such a big part of the yearly content we get. Two of the four expansions that we get in any year are dungeon expansions. And the ability to replay the quests, actually replay the quests, not just listen to the dialogue again, because this is one of the things that Finn's mentioned in the past, is that with the newer content, with the newer dungeons, the dialogue of the dungeons, the, the, which is a big part of the story, the narrative of the dungeons, does replay exactly as it would as if, you, as if you had the quest. That's not the case for some of the earlier dungeons, and it's certainly not exactly the same as being forced to talk to them, being forced to uh, go through the, the quest dialogue progression to get to the next stage. It's a kind of halfway house we've got at the moment. I'm really hopeful at some point they will bend the community desire to actually have replayable dungeon quests. So that if I, and it goes back to this, this the, 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 we've been talking about already today, this immersion that we have with our characters. You may want to really experience the dungeon quest um, with the character that you played the story quest with, the, main, the rest of the game with, and actually experience it as a real, as part of your character's arc, as part, part of your character's development. Um, so, but the addition of this narrative aspect to the secret zones does say to me that Xenimax have, uh, they know that people who do dungeons appreciate and enjoy the story aspects of it. So yeah. let's hope we can take some steps in the, in the time to come, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, so we can just have that, 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 that uh, teal blue a quest marker that says this is repeatable for the dungeon oh, story. I love that too. Yeah. And even give like a drop, like give a, a drop of rewards, like have a chance to get the motif for that dungeon or something like that, or a motif for that expansion or that chapter or whatever. Or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. That would be cool to do. Like do like an yeah. event, you know how like a, the event boxes are like that? Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, Abby, yeah. Heavy, I've got it. You can pay more attention to the story if you're able to repeat it and go in with the right group of people. The last thing you want to do is, like I did yesterday, going to scale, uh, going to scale caller with uh, with a fake tank, a fake heal, and DPS that wanted to run ahead. <laughs> you can't do story content like that. You can't. It's no. impossible. It's impossible. Is it vet scale caller? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was normal. We died repeatedly. Okay, okay. We kept cycling through Even team members. It was hideous. Even regular? Wow. Yeah. Oh, the scale call is an absolute nightmare for pugs. Even on normal. Um, I guess so. It's, uh, yeah. But that was, it was, it was, yeah. it, that, that was one of the big things I took from... Uh, there's lots of cool stuff you can learn watching Finn go through the, the each of the two dungeons, the, the bosses. Some story aspects that are aspects of connected the manifestation boss, its form, its it, and so on. Um, but he did mention specifically the secret zones are there and their story connected.
I love the secrets. And on Hollow Grave, the secrets were actually pretty in depth. There's three. There's three secret bosses, and I think three. Well, three times where it has to, um, where uh, where they affect one another, and um, yeah, the secret bosses are so cool. That just the first secret boss that you go into through the side, the left side of the of the, of the hallway uh, in mm-hmm. that cave. It's just so haunting, and he's, he's like whispering to you and. It, it, you know, it, I used to play Destiny um, back when it first came out, and it actually really reminded me of their trials, or their, I forgot what they call them, but their, their endgame contents, uh, mm-hmm. that was, like, trial-like, and you had to, like, do this whole, like, where you jump around, and, like, you have to, like, look around where the next ledge to jump on, and it was really cool, one of the cooler things that Destiny did, and when it was implemented in ESO, I was like, oh my, I was just so, it was so cool! Like where you have to drop down and use the grappling hook and oh it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Excellent. They should do it to all dungeons. But I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a lot of work. Um I try to think what is there anything on my list of things that we haven't talked about? Oh another thing which came out from the, the post show, and again, there's so many things that happen in the post show that you hear about. Um, that you don't get in the full full reveal. We there will be a new Overland event for um, the, oh, the chapter. Oh right! We just not forgot about that. So it's not Dolmen, obviously. It's not dragons, obviously. Uh, it's not Harrowstorms. They're called volcanic vents, and they're going to act pretty much like the abyssal geysers uh, or geysers in in Somerset. Um, so essentially, it's going to be. But equally, there are going to be story elements to them too. So it's the encounter. Finn's running the show. <laughs> the encounter Deathhead is is sneaking in lore everywhere into all his into all the stuff he's doing. The the the, the Overland World events, the volcanic events, are going to be of the same type of magnitude as the Abyssal Geezers in Somerset, and there's going to be story aspects behind how they've appeared. And so yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is exciting. I love I love um, like the um, the hero storms were so cool in Greymoor. I love that kind of content. And yeah. the dragons, I mean, it's the same same idea. But yeah, very, very good. I like that stuff a lot. And there's always mm-hmm. titles associated with them too. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah. for whatever title. Yes, and yeah. you got your Harrowstorm one, didn't you, from uh, that, that stream on Ninja <laughs> on Ninja's channel. That was fun. Yeah, I did. That was a fun one. Oh yeah. Bodie's just met Bodie's just mentioned in chat that uh, Finn was about to he was about to uh, excuse Finn for not announcing the stackable treasure maps when he saw in Finn's inventory portable crafting stations um so just like we were talking earlier on about the deconstruction system you could actually see in finn's inventory he had portable crafting stations in his inventory that he could deploy and use regardless of where he was in the game um but it is just a developer tool it's not something that's ever going to come into the game okay Um, (laughs) which is why they've given us the deconstruction system which is our um or halfway house, if you like, to having a, a mobile crafting station. Um, but yeah, I, I spotted that. Somebody tweeted about it, Bodhi. I, I saw that and uh, thought that was that'd be pretty handy. Um, they do make it clear in those things that, like, hey, this is an in, in, interior server, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know you're gonna mark all these enemies with the slash command. <laughs> Boy, that's it. Yeah. Oh, one thing that we haven't yeah. talked about today is uh, that Finn also revealed. In, in the walk through the dungeons with the different sets, the different armor sets. But I think we'll probably do that in the next episode once I've had time to be in the PTS and actually look at the sets. 
So one of the things I'll do on the next podcast is I'll go through the sets that are going to be coming up on the dungeons and the expected buffs and, and applicability of content for the six dungeon sets and the two monster sets that we'll get for the, the next DLC that's coming up at the start of March. I'm always interested to see sets just to see if this is the expansion that's going to be the one I change my build up. We'll see. You know, I'm, I'm desperate to uh, you freeze to try things like DPSing. I know, I know, I don't want to. I love tanking so much. I'm still perfecting my builds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's always it's a work in progress. Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see you laughing on stream. <laughs> well, laughing at me. No, I don't laugh at you. I laugh with you. I know. Always. I know. I know. Always. I know. Um, so, Buddy's mentioning the aquarium house. Yeah, the. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the, I mean, they took us in there. They took us, uh, it's a big space. It's like classic landmark style, like Marquis homes uh, with uh, uh, the interior spaces. Big, big, big house. Um, it reminded me a little bit of a more pleasant version of the underground house you got in Merkmire. You know, you've got that under under mm-hmm. uh, water viewing area in the house in Merkmire. But this one was much was cleaner, much more... Uh, aesthetically pleasing um yeah it's almost like a cross between that house and the dark brotherhood sanctuary too where it's kind of like it's not underground per se but it's like Mm. you're like underneath a waterfall yeah 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 Uh, not uh, not not my thing i won't be picking up the house likely but i'm very excited for housing mancers and end game housers that what they're going to do with it because i do love seeing people's creations like if you want to see what they're going to do Exactly, it's going to be incredible to see what people come up with. Um, yeah. It's uh, interestingly, I think uh, we've talked a little. Swaggler was talking earlier about the uh, the card game and whether it's going to be a, a success or not. The fact that they're connect going to connect furniture items as as rewards to it guarantees you that there'll be many, many, many people playing it. Yeah. Because furn- housing mancers will want those unique furnishing items, and it will drive a lot of a, of a lot of players towards the game. Yeah. And imagine if they're going to be like uh, sellable. Oh my gosh! Or if you get like mats from them. Oh, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be good to sell. Yeah, Amber Fairy saying the house reminded me of the Zanmi one in Merikmar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Zanmi one. That's mm-hmm. right. That's a, that's a really good house too. I um, I've that's one of the larger houses that I've considered buying because it's just a, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It has like this grotto area. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So Bodhi's mentioning a, a player's band caught using the anti-cheat bot code. Is that for the, um, code that watches for players moving without moving? Okay, yeah. I would assume that the multi-person mount will have taken that into account, um, because the character would would indeed be moving in game. But there'd be no key input, key input from that particular player's uh, computer. So yeah, hopefully we would have dealt with that. Um, I bet you have to activate something. Like you have to press E to to ride them out or something. Maybe. But equally, uh, it's one of these big things. The game specifically looks for mo- activity in game without a key strike. That's the big red flag. Is that there has to be a key strike or extended key press for anything that's happening on screen for your character that's one of the major ways the game combats cheating in pvp um and it's one of the big things in the terms of service um that no 
software, third party software can be used to automate activities on screen. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, I didn't even know if they had the, the two-person mount on sale at one point. Wow. I'm guessing it would be Ember Fairy. I think I guess it would be the reason they took it because they couldn't fix that aspect of this usage in-game. They couldn't marry the two systems together, the, 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 the person's uh, movement with the anti-cheat aspects of the, the game detection. Um, I guess it's taken a while for them to fix those systems and, and make it mesh together. The horse looked yeah. cool, though. It didn't yeah, look it like did. it was any larger than normal. Yeah, it just looked yeah, like there was an extra saddle just a little bit further back. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I like two-person mounts a lot. That'll be easier when I'm like... When when you find like a really cool off-the-beaten-path kind of place, but it's hard to get to, so you just mm -hmm. get on your mount, you get your partner on your mount, boom, just get up there. Or, so you don't have to equip near you with like... Like, I have her equipped with a, a really kind of noisy mount that gets annoying after a while. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I can just have her pop on. <laughs> have mm -hmm. her, yeah. Oh, now this nice. is, I, I don't know if chat will, will agree with this or not. Or indeed the listeners at various points if they give us feedback. The one thing I was disappointed with in the mount, the one thing that I was very disappointed with in the mount is that when you see your companion, Murray, jump on behind you, there's a separate pommel for them to grasp behind you. They don't put their arms around your waist. That made me quite sad. That made me That's very sad. sad. <laughs> like rest their head on your back, on your shoulder. <laughs> exactly. Where's the where's the where's the companionship there? Oh, yeah. they missed. Uh, that's a missed opportunity to have Mary just wrap her arms around your waist while you're riding along. That would be yeah. nice. I would like that. And thank you for yeah. the follow, Scorpio. Thank you for the follow. And Ember Emberfairy, and thank you both. That's really kind of you. I'm glad you're enjoying the stream. Sure. Bodie's mentioning the tabletop game that came out. Uh, oh, they mentioned yeah. it. Um, it was like the last thing they mentioned. It was actually yeah, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. I, I'm not a big tabletop fan, but I know it's a major, uh, a major thing for a lot of people is having the ability to transpose an online environment to, to a board game environment. And yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll make some good sales. I know that um, other variants of, uh, I think there's other like character-based board game type uh, combat games you can get for other aspects of Fallout and, and, and Skyrim as well. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. Yeah, I think the Skyrim one's doing fairly well. They've had a couple of expansions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much I, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else that I can Pretty off talked out. I, I don't think I've got anything else that I had in my notes that we needed to go through today. Um, yeah wow yeah. Uh, as I, I did have a quick look to see if there's any good chemistry stuff alchemy stuff i could pull out for because i didn't prepare any material because i wanted to launch off the reveal to see if i could find something that was uh content specific to the new chapter and um, the only thing i can come up with and i might save this for a later episode is uh, mother of peril powdered mother of peril is a really really important Ooh. ingredient um, that we use in game for some pretty top tier uh uh, provisioning recipes but it is an alchemy ingredient as well as a provisioning ingredient just like many of the alchemy agents our columbine is also used in some in-game provisioning recipes um, there's a lot of interesting science behind powder mother of pell but i'll probably save that for uh, one of the later episodes when we get actually get the new chapter um, but that's that's one i will go into there's some really interesting material science behind that but uh, there wasn't anything obvious 
that I could use for the nautical, like ocean type thing. Um, other than that, and that's going to require a little bit of uh, extra work to actually make it uh, full enough for a, for an episode. But we'll do that in one of the later episodes. Yeah, and it'd be nice to have like actual like lore to go off of. And mm. I was going to go through like General Breton stuff, but you know it can be irrelevant if it's oh Spanish localization. That is a huge thing too. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, with a lot of I mean. I mean, being in an area where there's a lot of Spanish speakers myself, I think that's a fantastic thing, obviously, for those folks that, the people who live in countries that are primarily Spanish speaking and mm -hmm. in general, mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. No, it's a great step. I, and it's a, it's a global game. The, game the, the developers should push as hard as they can to get proper localization in as many languages as possible. It just increases the player base and increases the, the health of the game and longevity of the game. So I think it's a fantastic. Uh, development for for the game and it was yeah. really cool to see it announced yesterday yeah i was happy about that for sure mm. so yeah. i think that's yeah, i think that's us should we, should we wrap things up then yeah yeah i'm good with that we went two and a two and a half hours almost mm -hmm. that's our standard length pretty much isn't it i know <laughs> seriously and so we filled it with just one subject, pretty much. I know, time. <laughs> I know. Well, there's so much content, so much things to talk, so many things to talk about. Um, so, for the purposes of the VOD, I, I, so for the purposes of the audio recording, um, thank you to everyone for listening. Um, we'll wrap things up here, um, and I, the, I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode, which will be uh, roughly in a month's time. So, I've been Cynical Alchemist, and I, I bid you farewell. Thank you. Thanks for listening.